Sean's fiddling. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm just, I'm just fiddling. Give me the high sign when it starts to smoke. I'm just fiddling. The high sign is two finger point towards the door. That's the sign it's going to explode. This is a Disney house. We two finger point. Because a one finger point in some cultures is offensive. That's right. Mm. Tip your waitress on the way out. Try the Welcome, great friends of the show. It's your old friend Jeff Garoni, my partner in pod. Sean Beecher. And we have a special guest. Yeah. Hey. It is our great friend of the show and great real life friend, Alex Jones. Uh, she works with Sean and I, so we uh, have a nickname for her at the office. We call her Dr. Jones. So we are honored and graced by the presence of the classy, talented, beautiful Dr. Jones. Welcome, Doc. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to be here. And we're excited to have you. Real, real excited to be here. It's been my dream to be on a podcast, and I can't think of a better first podcast to guest on than Wanted by None. I probably shouldn't do this, but I could think of about 20 yeah, I could that think would be better for you <laughs> than this right now, but sure. Happy to make a dream come there's, true. There's probably one or two, yeah. Happy to make a dream come this. true. No, this is, a, this is a good place to start. I'm happy with it. What are we going to talk about? Uh, do you want to explain the wanted by drunks thing? No. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, we invited the good doctor to join us. And uh, as a joke, we asked her what she wanted in her contract to appear. Mm-hmm. She asked for some things. Unfortunately, uh, the local supermarket does not provide roasted chicken until a lunchtime. I did. I and did uh, we recorded about 1030 or whatever time it is now. And. So we couldn't get the chicken, but we got the wine. So Sean and, and Dr. Jones have jumped into the wine. It is Saturday, mm-hmm. and we are uh, consenting drinking age adults. That's right. And, you know, it's Pinot Noir, and we're superstars. That's a, 100%. I agree with all of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's Wanted by Drunks. We're just having some fun. <laughs> it's what we do here. We're fun bringers. Yeah, this is, this is new for me. I don't... Fun? No, no, the, the drinking at 11 in the morning. Kind of thing. It's perfectly reasonable. I suppose. If I'm we were at brunch, you, you'd be drinking now. Yeah. Like a bloody... It's mimosa o'clock. It is bloody Mary what is, o'clock What is well. brunch? <laughs> God. Sorry. So seriously, what are, we ta- what are we talking about? My brother's moving to Hawaii. I think that's great. I'm jealous. Oh. Sunshine, 70 degrees. That'll be right? nice. The occasional tsunami and volcano eruption, but... Yeah, well, there are some dangers. There's some nice things too. They have a really good spaghetti factory there. Like really? A spaghetti factory? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What? (laughs) What? Yes, yes. I went to Hawaii when I was a kid with my family, and I just remember we went to the spaghetti factory, and I had this brown butter pasta with Parmesan cheese, and it was so good. I was like, Hawaii equals spaghetti factory. And it is bomb.com. 
that is not a connection I would ever face. I know, I know. Some people are like, Hawaii, huh. beautiful. Okay. The beaches. But I'm like, spaghetti factory. Yeah, I think of, I think of like coffee, bananas, yeah. palm trees. Surfing. Yeah, surfing. Spaghetti factory. <laughs> I watch a lot of Hawaii Five O, so calling people auntie and uncle who aren't your auntie and uncle. One of uh, these things is not yeah. like the other. <laughs> surfing? Maybe? Surfing, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> that one sounds mm. not right. <laughs> I also wouldn't think of Hawaiian Parmesan cheese, either. It was a really special dish. I would think so. Yeah, and I've never been back. That was the one and only time I've been to the Spaghetti Factory, and it was in Hawaii. So, <laughs> so bizarre. I love this. I this is Big why we bring the Hawaii. doctor. This is why we bring the doctor. What's going on in your world? Well, we got the air fryer box. As yeah. you can see, the, the Power Air Fryer mm, XL. The wife and I have purchased an air fryer with a gift card from Bed Bath and Beyond. I recognize that guy from the TV. Yeah, it's the as seen on TV uh, air fryer. Wow, his hair is really dreamy. Yeah, he's got some tight quaffing. Ooh. Yeah, it's like multi-layered. He's yeah. got that like he's swoosh got a lot going, going on. on the bang swoosh. Yeah, he stepped his game up to sell me a two point four quart air fryer. It's uh, got some manly Farrah Fawcett vibes. It does. Mm. He's like a Charlie's Angel, but a dude. Yes. <laughs> Charlie's dudes. Charlie's dudes. <laughs> Bosley and two other guys. So you've used uh, the yeah. air fryer. Mm. It's great. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Fries things with hot air. <laughs> and scene. No, I'm just kidding. like the box says. It, it, no, it's it's terrific. It really gets it. Uh, uh, it gets a crispier coating than sometimes doing it in the oven. So, um, if you like cr- uh, crispy friedish foods, uh, it's going to work for you. No oil needed. It's great. Get a little bit healthier eating. But I mean, I'm still eating frozen French fries. But they're not in oil. Eh, they're in an air fryer. No. Yeah. The tater tots worked out better than the French fries. Really? Yes. The tater tots work. Better. I think so. Okay. Why do you think that is? Uh, the French fries we were using were thick. The tater tots are, you know, tot size. And I think it's just, it move, It's it allows the air to move a little bit better. There's mm-hmm. more room. I think French fries were a little too tight, but. Yeah. More room for activities. You live in yes. there. Yes. More room for their activities. <laughs> I understand. Did we just become best friends? Oh, I'm nodding like, sorry. They can't see my nose. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to call me Dragon, and I will call her Nighthawk. (laughs) Fucking Catalina wine mixer. This is decent wine. I mean, you're welcome. I've had Dark Horse before, and I've never been a huge fan of it. Maybe it's just because of the time of day it is. (laughs) (laughs) Have you eaten today? uh, Minimal, yeah. Okay. Minimal. This will be good. Kids, remember to have have some food before you drink. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like get a little base. I'm trading off here between the wine and the coffee because you're going to be again, jacked up to the, the morning. Max, <laughs> you are not sleeping tonight. I didn't sleep last night either. Neither did I. I was watching the Red Sox. I assume that was not your problem. So, no, I was not watching the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell were we watching? It doesn't matter. I was just up, and then my heat actually kicked on at like 2 a.m. Well, it was cold oh. this this morning. So all of a sudden, it started smelling like something was like. Burning. Burning almost or yeah. melting. And I was like, what the? My wife was freaking out. She thought the house was coming down. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm like, the house is not on fire. Like, 
Uh, so I go downstairs and yeah, the uh, the heat kicked on. Shouldn't have, but you know, here we are. Right it was in the forties this morning. Yeah, it was chilly. It was chilly last night too. So maybe your heat was doing you a favor. Yeah, I wish it hadn't, but <laughs> it was like, no, you need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. And then my cats woke me up at like four a.m. to feed them. So yeah, I didn't get much sleep. Mm. So the wine and coffee combo is <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It all works ideal. out. I'm glad I could help with the wine. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's the least we could do to, ha- to have you here. It doesn't take much. Mine was, I was like, all right. Wine? <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I really think it was the roasted chicken. I was very curious. I was like, is there going to be roasted chicken? I mean, I'll eat it if it's here. I would have been munching on it as we talked, but... That would have been good. I deeply I regret, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could have gotten it. I couldn't stop last night. I had to come home. And then this morning, they just didn't have it because they just don't put it out before like 10 or 10.30 or 11 or whatever. It's funny okay. that they don't put out roasted chicken before 10.30 or 11, but you can go to the liquor store and pick up a bottle of wine at 8 a.m. It's a great life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2018, man. It's a conundrum. <laughs> I slept really well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you great. were probably out later than the two of us combined. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was in Salem, Massachusetts. Plug your band. Go ahead. So I'm in a band, everybody. We're called Crooked Horse. We describe ourselves as gypsy folk. Yes. So we're vocals. We got a little accordion, guitar, bass. We just got a bass player, which is really exciting. Nice. <laughs> right um, on. And so, and then a drummer. And uh, yeah, so we were at a cider place in Salem last night. Salem, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Salem, Massachusetts, and we. What cider place? Far from the apple tree, far. F- mm. Far. Um, <laughs> some some sort of wordplay on apples. I yeah, guess. we'll plug that in. I'll figure that out. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll edit it. We'll post. drop it right in there. But the cider was delicious. Um, they had. Rick and Morty themed cider that had jalapenos and cucumbers. It was so good. Do you watch Rick and Morty? A little bit. Do you watch Rick and Morty? I probably should. That's I what don't. that's my feeling. I probably should. Everyone tells me I should. Time is an issue. I mean, I only have so much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked about this, sorry, you and I together, Sean. My love of live sports really kills my time. Especially this time of year. Yeah. I mean, everywhere I turn this week, there's been a sporting event starting Wednesday going through today. I mean, the Red Sox played 830. I'm trying to figure out like, all right, I need to get dinner and do this and do that so I can be in front of the TV for game two at 830. And, you know, Red Sox-Yankees games are not noted for their speed and alacrity. So last night I went to bed at about uh, quarter 12 because the game had just ended. That started at 7.30. So I can only imagine what tonight's 8.30 contest is going to look like. Patriots played Thursday night. I've missed both Bruins games. Are the Bruins on today? I honestly don't even know. Neither do I. Probably. They I didn't have, play last night. I have missed both Bruins games this week because I can't remember what I was doing Wednesday night that I missed it. And then thir- they played Thursday, but I watched the Patriots instead. You know, I think their home openers on Sunday. No, it's Monday. Monday. They play Monday that might while be their we're at work. That might be their next game. Yeah. I don't know. Super. Super. 
I'll watch it while we're at work. But it really cuts into the... I won't do that. <laughs> the it occurred to time. me our bosses, listen, I'm not going to be watching the Bruins at work on Monday. <laughs> I will be working very, very... I will be very, working very, very, diligently very on Monday. <laughs> Actually, it's I think a holiday. That's, I mean, come on. I think that's game three of Is the it? ALDS. So if they're playing in the afternoon, there might be baseball in the background. Mm. That and it is game three. It's probably at night, but yeah, Columbus Day for those who celebrate. Yeah, oh. it's Indigenous Peoples Day in Somerville. I don't know who celebrates Columbus Day. Like, gotta celebrate Columbus Italians? Day. Italians, yeah, Italians really. It's one of those unpopular holidays. Yes, except for Italians. Mm. There's still a small populace of Italians who celebrate Christopher Columbus for being a, a great Italian. Do schools mm. even yes. take off on Columbus Day? You bet they do. Okay. Wow. It's also a bank. I believe it's a federal holiday. I don't believe the banks operate on Monday. I could be wrong. You might be right. Hmm. You might be right, but we have to work. Mm-hmm. We do. So we'll be. The three of us do. We sure will be. <laughs> I mean, just the three of us. Guys, I mean, I'm <laughs> counting the days till I go to Disney World. So all of this is just great. Just to me. the three When are you of going us? to Disney World? November 4th to November 10th. Very exciting. Yes. My wife and myself, my in laws, uh, my nephew, and my parents will be there at the beginning because they're. Their vacation is a week before. Okay. So we will catch up with the, as we get to Disney, they will be at the end of their vacation. So it's almost like they're tag teaming you in to Disney. Kind of. Yeah. They're going a week ahead of us. My parents hate Halloween. So they always look for, uh, ways out of Halloween, of, uh, here the last week in October. So they are going to, uh, my aunt and uncle who live in, uh, Tampa, well, mm-hmm. they're nearish to Tampa, and uh, they're going to spend a few days with my aunt and uncle, and then they are going to, uh, my aunt and uncle are going to drive them to Disney. It's about a 25-minute ride from my aunt and uncle's house. But anywhere you go this time of year, destination-wise, is doing something. For yeah, Halloween. I, yeah. Like, isn't I mean, Disney do does. Halloween? Disney's going to do some Halloween shit. Yeah. Disney does. They have they have a, the not-so-scary Halloween party through Halloween. Is it just the scare factor that they don't like, or is it just... The holiday in general. Mm, good question. My parents, the ho- my parents, the holiday in general. They just they're not Halloween people. Okay, they just aren't. So they're going to go to a giant theme. Well, they're park. not going to Disney Halloween party. Is only in one park. They will avoid it the uh, night of that party. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and frankly, by the time they get to Disney, uh, it's going to be after Halloween. So I don't I I don't know when they stop doing them because they started them in the middle of August. So wow. I have a question. What is a Halloween person? You you were just in Salem, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say those are probably Halloween people. Just Salem? I mean, it's a huge people? part of their economy, right? True, yes. True, 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 true. This is the biggest month of the year for Salem, Massachusetts. In terms of guests and visitors. I mean, summer, they do well, too, but, like, October well, is sure, huge. Well, it's, sure, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. Yeah, Salem's a nice town. Yeah, it is a nice town. I've been, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to Salem, not during October because I'm not insane, but uh, it's yeah. actually not that bad during the day. Yeah. I went last year on a Saturday, mm-hmm. okay. deep in October, and we went early in the morning. We started at like 10 a.m. And honestly, it didn't get that crowded or crazy until around 8 or 9 p.m. And by then we were ready to go. We still got our fill. That's good. Halloween fill. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Yeah. I would be there by now. Which is what it's what eleven thirty or whatever, and I'd stay till dinner time and then hit it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's t- like it's tough though. I when I 
took the back in the day when I took the commuter rail on a Friday night in October, the Salem train was mobbed, mm. packed. Yeah, we drove, so I don't. I never and on Halloween, that. Um, when Halloween is during the week, the the line for that train is massive. I enjoy Halloween. Me too. As a as a holiday, I don't know that I'm. I don't know if that makes me a Halloween person. I'm not like. 365 days a year Halloween no. but I like candy I enjoy it when it comes around <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing I don't like candy oh I love candy that's the weird thing about me and Halloween yeah. it's like I like I like Halloween I don't like the candy part of it I love the Reese's bats the Reese's shaped like bats I've never Those, seen that and before. they have Reese's pumpkins <laughs> Reese's whenever Reese's, Reese's pumpkins all right so Reese's always does themed candies right yes like pretty much everybody yes but their shapes that they make weird are very obscure i mean they do like a christmas tree they mm-hmm. do the, the pumpkin but they never really look like an easter egg a and christmas a heart. tree or a pumpkin or no. it's always like some weird uh amorphous blob yeah where have i been i have never seen a Reese's look like anything other than a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh yeah, and in holiday they have themed the ones went for Target. holidays. They have pumpkins for Halloween, yeah. Christmas trees for Christmas, hearts for Valentine's Day, and eggs for Easter. Oh, what blew my mind was when other brands started doing the same thing. Well, like, it's super successful. Like, like Snickers started doing stuff, like Snickers eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> it's super successful. I mean, they, you know, they they do a decent racket. Those Reese's people. They put chocolate in your peanut butter. They put peanut butter in your chocolate. <laughs> they do do both of those things. Yes. That was their that was their slogan back in the day. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. Sketchy. I think it might have been like people on one like you put chocolate in my peanut butter. You put ch- peanut butter in my chocolate. Mm. Ad campaigns. Am I right? Wasn't there a commercial where two people were like walking down the street and like bumped into each other and one had chocolate, one had peanut butter? And Quite they, possibly. And they commingled. That sounds <laughs> that sounds familiar. Quite possibly. I mean, they've taken it to another level, right? I mean, there's dark Reese's now. There's Reese's peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces stuffed in the peanut butter cups. Dear God. There's crunchy peanut butter cups. So, like crunchy peanut butter instead of smooth. Mm-hmm. There's white. So, there's the white cup with the peanut butter. They got all kinds of Reese's up. I do prefer a little crunch in my peanut butter, I have to say. The crunchy cups are delicious. Mm. I think I could get down with that. But I'm not much of a sweets person either, so... Oh, I love chocolate. Halloween for me is also really not about the candy. It's the vibe. You like the vibe? vibe. I just like the vibe. I'm not really... I don't... One of my least favorite movie genres is horror. (gasps) It's one of my faves. I know. And yet we're friends. Um, (laughs) And yet somehow we survive. (laughs) We made it. (laughs) It takes different strokes. (laughs) What you talk about, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, I'm, but I mean, I read Stephen King and stuff when I was, you know, of the age where you read Stephen King. It were it's fine, but yeah, I'm not really like a horror movie person. I'm not like oh, I gotta see Halloween. Oh, I gotta see whatever. And I like eating candy. I don't so much like giving it out. So, so you're not gonna see you're not gonna see Halloween. No. With. Uh... The new one coming. Is that this year? No. Next yeah. year? No, it comes out like either this week or next week. Yeah, I, think. I will definitely next be week, saying I that. I am the total opposite. I love scary movies. Like my roommate and I already have written out all of the movies we want to watch in the month of October. 
Like we perused. We were on Hulu. We were on Netflix. We were on Amazon Prime. We oh. found all all of the jams. What made the list? Hulu has a, a whole collection right now, right? Huluween. Huluween. Oh, dear Yeah, Lord. Netflix has a section for Halloween Also, as thanks, well. guys. Now I want a Reese's <laughs> Peanut Butter Cup. <laughs> <laughs> there are none in this house. I hate both of you. So what's on the Halloween playlist? Uh... There's some classics. There's a lot of Mid- M. Night Shyamalan movies. Like we watched Signs the other day. I hated Signs. Really? Wait, is Signs the one with Mel Gibson? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that one. It's great. It's the it's one funny. with Mark Wahlberg I can't abide. Which is Which the one, one with is Mark Wahlberg? One? There's one with Mark Wahlberg. There's an M. Night Shyamalan you can, movie. You can keep Wahlberg. saying that, but... Yeah, like, <laughs> all right, I'm like, I don't know the one? title. I'll find it, but Mark in the meantime, there's an it. M. Night Shyamalan movie with Mark Wahlberg. That movie was terrible. But I like the one with Mel Gibson. Yeah. And it, Joaquin Phoenix is in that. Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Yep. So we have that on there. Roy Culkin is in there. One of yeah. the McCulkin brothers. Um, the Shining is on there, too. Love The Shining. A lot of classics. What else? I had been drinking a little bit of wine. It's fine. Wrote this. So. <laughs> you like the new It, right? The one that came out last year? I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Are you ready for part two? Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I sort of wish the... I liked it. I yeah. liked the new It. Yeah. I wish it weren't um, so paranormal. In certain, like the clown, I wish the clown wasn't such a, a monster because I think what makes It scary inherently is that the fact this is like a, a person, like a sort of a real thing that could happen. And then it got a little weird for me. But isn't, but that's, isn't the it story is that it's an extra dimensional being. Uh, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I mean, I get it, but <laughs> do you? Th- yeah. Cause when you watch the original movie, it feels real. When you watch the new the one, Tim Curry yeah, one, Tim Curry. Yeah. Okay, I'm it's not been talking a while about. I'm not talking about watching it in 2018, guys. Yeah, okay, okay. it's been a while since I've seen the Tim <laughs> Let's Curry. transport ourselves back to the past, <laughs> back to 1988. Yeah, it was, it was very creepy at that time, for sure. I'm ready for the second one. I think I it'll am be too. Good. Did you, um, uh, Bill Skarsgård, plays the clown? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you watch Castle Rock? On I Hulu? did. Did you like it? Thoughts. <sighs> I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. I think I thought... Okay. So, have you seen Sh- Sharp Objects? No. No. Okay, it's an HBO movie. Um, well, no, it's a limited tier, uh, TV series on HBO. And it's from the author Jillian Flynn. Oh, she so wrote she did Gone, Gone Girl. Girl, Sharp Objects, Dark Places. And Girl on the Train? Mm, Is that Jillian Flynn? No. I don't think so. I do have the M. Night Shyamalan Mark Wahlberg title. What is it? The Happening. Just pulled it up here. Yeah. That movie sucks. I don't think I've even heard of that. Don't worry about it. Wow, that one just missed me. Back to Sharper Objects. Yeah, so Sharp Objects. We watched this movie. It has Amy Adams in it. Oh, I like Amy Amy Adams. Amy Adams is phenomenal. She is a phenomenal actress. I absolutely loved her in The Arrival. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. That was... Mm, a plus. Sean, have you seen The Arrival? I don't think so. That's really good. It's a good one. Her and Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Directed by the guy okay. who did Blade Runner 2049, Denis Villeneuve. He also did Sicario. <laughs> Is that What's actually it? how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, he's from Montreal. He's from, he's from Quebec. It's Denis Villeneuve. He directed Sicario and he directed uh, Blade Runner 2049 and is working on Dune. Dune. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think we've talked about your feelings for Dune on air. Dune sucks. That's why. <laughs> what is Dune? It's a it's a science it's a science fiction series of books that in the 1980s they turned into a big budget motion picture mm-hmm. with the idea of like, well, Star Wars was a huge hit and Star Trek was a huge hit. All the studios were looking for sci-fi mm-hmm. to you know buttress losing money to Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I forget what studio it was. It might have been Universal, Warner Brothers, one of them. They commissioned Dune. And they went through a whole litany of directors and they ended up getting David Lynch, who did, who then went on to do Twin Peaks and all the other weird shit. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan is in that movie. A young Kyle MacLachlan is in Dune. Yeah. Patrick Stewart is in Dune pre-Next Generation. Sting. And famously, Sting. Sting is in Dune. What? Yes. And I believe Sting did the music. You probably I would hope you're so. probably don't hold me that. <laughs> if you're getting this sting movie, in your yeah, movie, Dune, he's gonna be doing the music too. Dune stunk. It is the most boring, stupid, campy piece of crap. It is terrible. It is one of the worst. It is an all time and if you say the word Dune to like science fiction movie people, it is synonymous with <laughs> bomb. Cause it they put a lot of money into it. <laughs> Like, they wanted it to be, like, super huge hit. Like, they made a toy line, and, like, if you went to Toys R Us for, like, three years, in the clearance aisle, there was Dune shit everywhere. <laughs> like, they couldn't give the Dune toys away. Oh, that's disappointing. But they, they did a science, sci, the Sci-Fi Network did, like, a moderately successful limited series Dune. So, you know, again... Denise Villeneuve has had a fairly successful career. Sicario was a modest hit. Arrival was huge. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. He did Blade Runner with Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford. So what do you do after that? You remake Dune. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I believe it's three that's, movies. That's what I would do. It's not just one movie. That's it's, about right. They're planning a series of films because there's more than one book. The movie reboot nobody asked for. But yet here we are. Well, this is the yeah. podcast that no one asked for, so... That's why we're covering it, baby. Here we are, talking about things that no one cares about. <laughs> I mean, I guess nobody was really asking for Blade Runner 2 either, but we got it. I mean, I was, but... I don't... Yeah, I mean, I think Blade Runner fans were asking for Blade Runner 2. I don't think Dune yeah. fans are asking for Dune 2. <laughs> are there Dune fans? <laughs> I mean, the book was moderately successful. I mean, there was a, a following to the books, Yeah. And it was one of those, you know, in Hollywood, it's one of those things. The book is hot. So everybody wants to buy it to make it. The Godfather, Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz. This is not new. Hollywood's been doing this forever. But like, you know, Dune was hot. Sci-fi was hot. They thought, oh, this would be a hit. They got David Lynch, who made a David Lynch science fiction movie, which turns out nobody wants. I mean, they want David Lynch. I, I would say the audience tells David Lynch... They want him making Twin Peaks, mm. but they Dune was just bad. It was not a good movie. It was also t- unfortunately timed. I think that came out in the summer of 84, which meant Ghostbusters, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and uh, there was might have been one other, and then in the, in the winter, Beverly Hills Cop came out. Mm. So like it was horribly timed. To come out at that point. It was just, it was going to get massacred. And it did. I think Star Trek 3 came out too. So it was going to get killed. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Like, if you ever want to, like, go on an internet deep dive, go on Wikipedia and Google, like, movies that came out in the summer in the 80s. And you just see what else came out that year. And you just go, Jesus, how did that movie survive? 
Apparently it didn't. didn't. How, how could anything in the summer with Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom survive? And potentially Star Trek Three, where Spock was going to come back to life. Like that movie was too, that movie was sunk before it even. I mean, we talked about this last time, and I'd like yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. it a little today. We're on the fourth A Star Is Born. They've done this four times. But you know what? It is getting rave. Oh, rave reviews. He and I cannot wait to see this movie. I'm excited. It's going to be good. I'm, I mean, Lady Gaga is an extremely talented musician. Oh, I love Lady Gaga. So does he. You know, I've been looking at a little bit of the press release for Stars Born, and she just has such a, just a warm, genuine, present attitude and vibe to her. Yeah. I'm really, really excited for this. I've been saying for two months, I think she's winning the Oscar. I think that's what I've I think Oscar too. is hers to lose. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what else is. My early prediction is it's the, it's Star is Born and the Neil Armstrong movie, probably fighting it out for the next three months. Mm. The one with uh, Gosling, the guy who directed La La First, La La. Man. First, First Man. Man, yeah, Damien Chazelle, because it's Oscar season, it's Damien Chazelle time. Who plays the wife? See, I, that's what I was trying to figure out. Is like, clearly uh, Gosling probably gets the Neil Armstrong nod. Hollywood loves the biopic, mm-hmm. so Neil he he fits the biopics. There's like three Hollywood slots in the Oscars: biopic, British period drama, and then like the vehicle for the guy who uh, does it all. So like why I think Cooper gets nominated because for a lot he of does things it all. is mm. because he's directing, he's producing, he wrote and he acted. Yeah. So that feels that. And he's singing. And he's singing for real. Like yeah. not bullshit. He's yeah. not shoot singing. He's real singing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just working on what's the British period drama that's going to come out. That's going to steal everybody's thunder. You know, where's the King's speech? You know it, what I mean? Well, is Meryl Streep putting anything out? Because yeah. And what's Meryl Streep doing? That'll kill your Lady Gaga vibe. <laughs> Because to me, she's the that's the Oscar frontrunner for best actress. Gaga, I, Lady Gaga. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Even if the movie stinks, which I don't think it does. By yeah, all it's accounts, got like it's, a ninety-eight it's percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's doing unless the movie is thing. not what we think it is. I don't see how she loses. I mean, I just the momentum for her will just be huge. Right. Yeah. And they're going to spend money on the Oscar campaign to make it happen if they haven't already. I'm sure they will. I mean, Marvel's doing a Best Picture campaign for the Black Panther. Hmm. And they're spending money for the first time. Because you have to spend money on an Oscar campaign. What does an Oscar campaign I look was like? Just about to ask <laughs> Yeah, what that's is, a great question. What does that entail? Yeah. I mean, here's all you need to know. The master of the Oscar campaign is Harvey Weinstein. Ooh. That's why Miramax won all those Oscars. That's why those that's why Miramax became what it became. Because the two brothers spent a lot of money on um marketing materials and getting the movie out there at certain times and certain deals with theater owners to show it for a certain amount of time. Yeah. There's a whole, you hire like Mm. a PR firm to do this mass campaign for you. A lot of studio for a while, it was kind of like nobody did it, but the Weinstein started doing it and they became so successful at it that everybody does it now. I assure you Warner's Warner brothers has a, a best picture campaign for star is born. If they don't, they're stupid, and they're not that stupid. I mean, they made Suicide Squad, so we have to take that into account. <laughs> but <laughs> they are Warner Brothers. They do kind of know how to movie make. I, they have to have a campaign for the Star Is Born. Mm. I, 
I can't imagine they don't. Certainly for her. Yeah. And, you know, I listened to the soundtrack came out yesterday. You know, I, to I meant that. to listen to that. Me too. And I listened to one of the songs, Shallow. It's this duet between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And it really sold me. It was. I heard they were making the movie. And this thing has been, the remake has been around for a while. Sean will love this. You know, they wanted Tom Cruise for Bradley Cooper in a while, for a while. I believe that. Leonardo DiCaprio. Clint Eastwood wanted to make it with Beyonce. That was the one I had always heard that was getting, but it was never clear who the guy was. Eastwood was going to direct and Beyonce was going to be the Lady Gaga role, but I never got a sense of who the guy was, like who the actor opposite her would be. Mm -hmm. And then I heard Bradley Cooper was doing A Star Is Born and I was like, okay. And that he was going to sing and I went, oh, okay. But then they hired gaga and i was like okay i'm intrigued because mm. it's pretty i've kind of felt for a while like i'm sure she wants to act like there's a part of her that's like you know what i think i'd like to try acting well you know she wouldn't? said she she said that originally she wanted to be an actress oh, before she wanted to be a singer yeah but then made the commitment to to go down that i just couldn't sing a road i wasn't sure i wanted because i mean I wasn't interested in this at all. I never saw the Chris Christopherson Streisand version, which is the most recent one. But I saw a commercial, and the commercial, I think, is just Bradley Cooper singing with Lady Gaga. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, I want to see this movie now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in. We're um, The wife and I are going in a couple weeks, because uh, the next couple weeks are busy for us. But I'm in. I yeah. was like, oh, man, I'm sold on this movie. Yeah, man. there's this scene, this clip, Maybe we saw the same clip. They were sitting um, in this parking lot outside of this grocery store just talking. And you're like, man, how many times have you done that? <laughs> well, we've all done that. Yeah. Sat in a parking lot Take of a grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Off of Doheny uh, outside of Sunset in and she's, Southern California. And yeah. she's just singing this song. And, and he's just saying, like, did you just write that right now? And she's like, yep. And they're just having this very honest earnest conversation with each other and you're just thinking to yourself you don't I didn't feel like I was watching a movie I was like it was almost like I was just sitting there watching them yep at a grocery store sitting in a parking lot just having a normal conversation and from what I'm hearing on the press tour it sounds like that is just the tone of the movie it's just very real to life and I love that. That's my favorite thing. That is like what gets me with movies and books and TV shows. When you can transport me out of where I am and put me in a different world. I'm also intrigued I'm by that. any movie that has us a supporting cast. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Dice Clay. Yeah. And Sam Elliott. <laughs> yep. And I can say yeah. all those things with a straight face. Like I love Sam Elliott. It's the voice. Um, he's Cooper's brother. Be- because mm. in one of the commercials I heard... Cooper doing the voice and I was like the fuck is this voice and then somebody said oh no Sam Elliott's his brother and I went oh I get it so he's trying to do a Sam Elliott-ish voice Mm. Uh, but then I saw Andrew Dice Clay as Lady Gaga's dad and I was like this is the greatest thing ever Mm -hmm. like now I've got to see this and then I saw the clip of Chappelle and I'm like okay (laughs) fine I'm in now. Yeah. A star is born. Yeah. I told my dad. <laughs> I told. I saw my dad the Just other day. Born. I saw my dad the other day, and he's like, 
A Star is Born. They're doing that again. I'm like, don't you watch TV? Like, this commercial's everywhere. He's like, I saw the one with Chris Christopherson. He's like, I, I like Chris Christopherson. I laughed through the whole movie. I was like, well, oh. I don't get the sense you're laughing through this one. No, this seems pretty yeah. serious. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like they're going to no. deal with some heavy subject matter. Yeah. yeah. I, that is a movie I did not think I wanted, but I'm now like, okay. I'm excited. And also supporting cast, Anthony Ramos, who was in the original cast of Hamilton. Is He's, in Star Wars? Oh, He's okay. also in Star Wars. He's also in Star Wars. Is he her manager? I think he plays Lady Gaga's friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So see, like this, this movie has to work now. Yeah. It, it looks, I'm excited to see it. I usually, see, I'm good for one Oscar nominated movie a year. You know, last year, it's something I've wanted to do for years, but last year I decided to watch all of the Oscar nominated best picture films. Mm-hmm. And so I went on that journey and I, I very much enjoyed myself. I was trying to think, which was, what was last year? Was La La Land last year? No, last year was Call Me By Your Name, uh, Shape of Water. That was what ended up winning Shape Best of Picture. Water. Did you right. like Shape of Water? I did. Okay. It made sense. It made sense. I haven't for, seen it. Like an overall picture, the story, the visuals, it just all came together. Yeah, it was a, it was a solid film. I would say Call Me By Your Name was my favorite which was that one? Uh, it was the one with Army Hammer and Timothy Charlemagne. Oh, Char- oh, 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 oh. Chalamet. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about this young boy who basically f- falls in love with this. Um, I guess he, Army Hammer's character is like a college student who's coming to stay with his family in Italy for the summer. Um, to work on a thesis. As one does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we all go to Italy for the summer to work on our thesis. Well, Army Hammer might have. Um, yeah, and then it's just a story of them developing a friendship and falling in love. But it's it's beautiful. The dialogue is beautiful. It's just the, the visuals. I mean, Italy in the summertime, take me there. Yeah, oh, seriously. was Manchester by the Sea one of them? No. The no. Casey Affleck movie? Mm-mm. Am I going back too far? Too you're, far. Yeah, too you're, far. you're still in La La Land territory. Yeah. <laughs> was there a movie you saw in that group that you were excited to see that didn't work for you? Yeah, I was going to ask, did you agree with any of the nominations or disagree with any of the winners? No, you know what? Honestly, it all made sense. And I only say that because I saw all of them and I could see why certain ones won for certain categories. Like The Shape of Water, it made sense. It was like overall, mm-hmm. it was the best story. It was the best movie. Um Trying to think of some other ones I saw. I did see the post with Meryl Streep, oh, Tom oh, Hanks. Okay. See that. It was like excellent. It was an excellent, excellent film. But I understand why, against all of the other ones, it didn't win for Best Picture. But man, Meryl Streep. I see why she keeps getting nominated year after year. She's a talented lady. Thank God she didn't listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, well. Did you talk about Meryl Streep? I did. I have an uh, issue with Meryl. I think sometimes she gets nominated for things and people are not taking a look at those things. Like she got nominated. The one I use all the time is The Iron Lady, her Thatcher movie. I've never seen that one. Yeah, well, there's good reason. The movie stinks. Mm. And I didn't think she was good enough to elevate that movie mm. in that moment. It, it just didn't work for me. I mean, she's great. I mean, there's plenty of yeah, things. Yeah, that's I've not to say she isn't great or that whatever no, movie mm-hmm. that was last year wasn't fantastic no, and just, worthwhile. That's one I use where I go, I think that's just somebody nominating Meryl Streep because it's Meryl Streep. Mm. 
I would say the last, I've kind of slagged off on the uh, best pictures. I think the last best picture winner I saw was Spotlight. I've been meaning to watch that. Spotlight that. is fantastic. It's, it's excellent. There's not a bad, there's not a bad performance in the bunch, really. It's the, so Spotlight is the Globe investigative reporter group that in the early 2000s broke the Catholic Church sexual abuse scandal. Mm. So they're all playing real people. And Rachel McAdam. It's that biopic thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdam, Mark Ruffalo, uh, our boy Michael Keaton, who is Love Michael dynamite Keaton. in that movie. Um, the boss from Mad Men, who's from around here. Uh, he's in that movie too. He's really good. He plays Tony Stark's dad uh, in the Iron Man series. I can't think of his name right now, but I'll see his name and go, oh yeah, that guy. He's from he's from Newton. He's from around here. Um, again, not a bad performance in the bunch. There was a bad Mark Ruffalo scene, but that you know it's the way it goes. But by and large, it was a tremendous movie. It certainly hit home. I mean, I went to Catholic school. I one I grew mm. up here. Two practicing Catholic ish. And three, went to Catholic school. So it hit, I mean, nothing ever happened to me or anybody I know that I'm aware of. But if you live here and you're Catholic, it was a huge story. Mm. Still is. Yeah. Hasn't gone away, but huge story. And, you know, I'm a sucker for those uh, newspaper, like the Post, Mm. or all the President's Men, or any of that. I'm a sucker for those type of movies. Mm. I also love Michael Keaton, unabashedly. So (laughs) I'll see anything Michael Keaton. That's fair. I saw the movie where he was a snowman. Just because he was. Was Michael Keaton <laughs> in the movie? Uh, oh man, it was like an assassin type movie. Yeah, was... he had one of those. I saw it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, he's he's Batman and he's Beetlejuice. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that much one says everything. And he worked for Mister Rogers. Like that's how he got his break. So like, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. He ran picture picture for uh, Mister Rogers. Because Keaton's from Pittsburgh. Is he attached to the the Tom Hanks? I don't think Mr. so. Mr. Rogers flick coming out? I don't think so. Hmm. I love Michael Keaton. And you know, I watched the 89 Batman the other day. And as much as I have issues with that movie still, it is still entertaining as hell. I would watch that movie. It's entertaining as hell. Anytime. It really is. I mean, he's still great. Nicholson's still great. Like I said, there are issues with that movie, but whatever. It's entertaining. I mean, they, I had them I, at the same moments all the time. I still think the third act of that movie is too slow. The stupid up the cathedral just doesn't meh. Vicky Vale coming to the Batcave. Me and a hundred million other people think, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, the original screenwriter on a documentary said that would be Alfred's last day of employment at Wayne Manor. And I 100% agree with him. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, fair. I mean, but as explained to me, there were, they had started to go over budget and they needed to wrap up the shooting. So they had to wrap up the storyline the only way they could, which is she had to come to the back cave. So, blah, 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 blah. Still think that's a bullshit cop out, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things only comic book people care about. My wife could give shit. <laughs> yeah. She loves 89 Batman. She doesn't give a shit that Vicki Vale shows up in the back cave. And at no point does that matter to her. <laughs> it only matters to me. I feel you. I will tell you this. Marvel would never do that. Oh, if Marvel yeah. had an equivalent to that, they wouldn't do it. Speaking of Marvel, 
I know you guys have seen the news probably about Chris Evans. Yes. Officially. Yes. Hanging up his shield. Yes. He's not the only one. He's just the only one who's announced it. Yeah. All of them are done. I think that's, uh, I think that's expected. Yeah. I still haven't seen Infinity War, but I know what's Dr. going Jones on. Dr. Jones and I have. Yeah. I know what their plan is. I got that real wrong. Mm. Yeah, I was not, ex- I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting that. I expected people to, I expected death. It's just not, death did not occur the way I expected. Hmm. I was yes. sure that was the last stand of the original group. Same. And it was not. Which, on in retrospect, I understand. Yes. Because they want one more ride with that group of people. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah. I loved Infinity War. I mean, I know... I feel like... Has my wife returned? Indeed. Yes. She does not. She wasn't wild about it. I feel like Infinity War was like Dragon Ball Z where they spend all of these episodes just kind of powering up before they hit you with a strong Kamehameha wave. Like They're going to hit you with it, but first they got to power up for a few episodes. That was exactly what Infinity Wars was like, just powering up the whole movie. I think also too, people who had been raised with the Marvel movies those movies and this is not a critique those movies tend to end satisfactorily in that the main characters tend to be alive (laughs) 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 they don't kill anybody in any of those movies of any note that's true like at the end of iron man 3 (laughs) tony stark's still alive you know that's true so to get to infinity war and some people don't necessarily make it is jarring for people who for 20 movies have only known blue skies and, and green grass. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. They were hit with a really serious emotional blow, which Marvel movies tend to not deliver. Marvel tends to end happy. It's they're owned by Disney. That's yeah. not accidental. Yeah. Mm. And by, ha- I don't mean happy. I mean, guardians of the galaxy too has a very moving ending. I thought it's one of the more moving endings in cinema. In the last couple of years for me. Oh, Guardians I, haven't 2. I haven't seen Guardians Oh, 2. man. That's good. You're going to miss. This is what I'll say to people out there who thought James Gunn getting fired was a good idea. You're going to miss James Gunn in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Should they ever get around to it? Mm. Like, I get it. I don't want to turn this into a referendum on James Gunn, the person. I'm just going to tell you, he's he was the right guy for that two films. And it's a shame that tweets from 10 years ago that I have no doubt James deeply regrets not just because of the money the money that it might have cost him i think deep down as a person he thinks well that was maybe not my best move to say those things the shame of it all is that the third guardians movie he should there's clearly a trilogy he was planning and we 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 may never see a third guardians james gunn and i think that's too bad as a movie fan as a marvel fan i think that's a shame I don't think I'm alone in that either. I think the cast would tell you it's a shame too. I mean, didn't they speak out they about sure it? They sure did. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that all of them seemed to be on the same. Some were a little more vocal than others. I think yeah. Dave mm-hmm. Batista was certainly the most vocal. Oh, yeah. 
I, I mean, they were all pretty adamant about if this is a horrible thing he said, this is a horrible thing he did, but we don't think that's who he is. And they know him better than we do. Mm. I would argue. That's for sure. That if Chris Pratt says, that's not the guy, that's not the guy I know, I'm, I'm inclined to believe it. I don't think, and I don't think Pratt is being dishonest. I think that's how he really feels. Didn't they say they were probably going to use his script for yeah. Guardians 3? So there's potentially right, going to be a Guardians 3 without James Gunn. Yeah. And they, I mean, they may be sitting on three waiting for the fervor to die down and then maybe they can quietly rehire him. I don't know. Oh, I don't mm. know. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's a move. You just wait until maybe the climate shifts. And let's just pretend in 2020 there's a Democratic president. I think you... I think you and a Democratic wait, Congress. You wait, you hire someone else... To direct, and you bring James Gunn as like uh, your secret executive producer. Who I don't know that you can do a secret executive, like a I silent. I don't know as a yeah. publicly <laughs> traded company with a billion dollars in value can secretly hire James Gunn and not tell anybody. You know what I mean? Like w- when the decision to fire him comes from the CEO of the company. Yeah. Like it, the decision to fire James Gunn made it all the way to Bob Iger, who's the CEO of the company. The f- <laughs> they didn't make that call on their own. So Bob Iger knew. So wasn't, like, wasn't his thing shit. though, that like they made the decision, uh, unanimously told him that they were making this decision and he was like, yeah, fine, go for it. I don't know that that was true. I feel like that. I feel like I read him a statement from him that, that said he said he was fine getting fired. Like he wasn't there for the conversations, but he was made aware that this was the decision that they wanted to make. I had, I, I don't know. There's a I, I, someday there'll be a, a book I, I <laughs> that will get the yeah. real story of what happened. What I know is the yeah, the yeah. ultra right wing group that wanted to get him found the tweets, tweeted them to live long day. It yeah. made it to the head of Disney Studios, who, and it somehow made it across Bob Iger, who's the president of the whole damn thing, and they decided to can him. It is unclear to me whether the head of Marvel Studios actually wanted to. But once it makes it to Bob Iger, it's kind of out of his hands. Can they secretly rehire James Gunn? I don't know. It's the Walt Disney Company. They're one of the bigger companies in the country. Can you do that as a publicly traded company with shareholders and stockholders? And I don't know. You have to kind of report your business. Like, they're not a private company. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know these. I'm not business savvy enough. I'm not Fortune 500 busy uh, business heavy enough to know what the Walt Disney Company can and can't do. I will tell you I'm a shareholder, a very minor one, but if they asked me, I would ask them to rehire James Gunn tomorrow. Because they didn't fire James Gunn because he's a bad guy. And the people who got James Gunn fired weren't doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Mm. They had a political agenda. They wanted to fire, yeah. they wanted to fire James Gunn. Because he said things about Donald Trump that they didn't like. That's the truth. They didn't. James Gunn didn't get fired because of the tweets. He got fired because of the tweets. There's a difference. He didn't get fired because he said I'm it. Trying to run this through my brain here. <laughs> he didn't get he fired didn't because get he fired. said it and they were offended. Yeah, yeah. Disney. Okay. He got fired because a group of people took the tweets and said, we can get this guy fired because he said bad things about Donald Trump. 
as revenge for Roseanne getting fired. That is why they fired James. That is how James Gunn got fired. It was scorekeeping. The right wanted somebody because the left got Roseanne. It's simple as that. Anybody who says otherwise is a liar and not paying attention. Because it wasn't some advocacy group that fired James Gunn. It was a right-wing guy whose goal in life is to fire left-wing people from their jobs. How do we fire that guy? I don't know. The internet has made those guys unfireable. Because they don't work for anybody. They work for themselves. Mm. On the internet, with their minions of trolls who live in their parents' basements. (laughs) (laughs) Savage. (laughs) I have no respect for those people. None. Zero. The people went after James Gunn. I have no respect for them. Zero. That doesn't excuse James Gunn's words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. only say this a million times. It doesn't excuse what he said. It was yeah. terrible. I don't like it. But you know, as human beings, we all say stupid we shit. We all do and say things that we might later decide, hey, that was not the best <laughs> of the best of the best I could have done in that moment. But... I feel like we grow and we evolve as human beings and we have to be kind and we have to be gentle to one another and recognize that, okay, you can call me out for my ish, but what are you doing behind closed doors? Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of the scary thing with, I would say, social media these days. And, you know, you it's almost like people are just digging to find something that you did. Yeah. It's the mob yeah. mentality. Terribly, we- terribly wrong in your past. And we have we have nuclear weaponed the mob mentality. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing with social media. Nothing ever dies, right? Nope. Yeah. It gets buried in a timeline of other content, but it's still there. Yeah. It's French. Re- it's I've, hard to get rid of that. Sean and I have described it as the French Revolution gone mad. Mm. It's just you're in the public square and you get executed. No judge, no jury, no trial. Nobody wants to hear the other side. You're just dead. And, and you know, people lump James Gunn in with Bill Cosby and all that. So, look, Bill Cosby broke the law. He should go let's, to jail. Let's, like, that's completely Harvey different. Harvey Weinstein yeah. should go. Like, <laughs> it's like but, not even close to the same but, thing. But here's the deal. Harvey Weinstein should go to jail. He broke the law, clearly. Cliff Huxtable broke the law. He's in jail. That's how it should work. What is James Gunn's punishment? Should you be punished for thought and words? This is where it gets murky for me. I am out on the thought police. I am not interested in living in a world where my thoughts are policed. Hmm. That's not how democracy works. That's not how free will works. Like there's any number of, I have any number of political and philosophical objections to to thought police. That doesn't mean my words shouldn't be chosen carefully. I always believe in carefully chosen words. Despite what you hear on this podcast, I often believe in carefully chosen words Mm. and I don't need to express every thought out loud that I have, but my thoughts are my thoughts and they're mine and I should not be held. I should not be jailed for them and I'm not sure I should lose my job for them either. I don't know. I was going to say, just playing devil's advocate here for a second. But I also don't work uh, for a publicly oh yeah. traded company. That James, movie's also on Netflix. 
<laughs> Which movie is on Netflix? Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves. And Al Pacino. <laughs> and Al Pacino. Yeah. Or Al Pacino yeah. is the devil who's decided to start a law firm. Yes. <laughs> like, you guys think I haven't seen that movie? Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah. I love Al Pacino. I've seen every almost everything Pacino's done. Oh, I love The Devil's Advocate. It's because a good one. It's solid. He he is so restrained for the first like hour of that film, but then in the end, when he gets to announce that he's the devil, you get the full Pacino, mm-hmm. like the dance, the hua, mm-hmm. it all comes out. Yeah, that's but magical. Sorry. Totally. No, totally I got off on a tangent. Fuck, no, I'll but... talk about Al Pacino to live long day. <laughs> but you were saying, what were you saying about? Oh, can we just, talk about Al Pacino? I was just going to ask you real quick. We don't have to spend a whole lot of more time. Can we go back this, to Al Pacino? On the seriousness, but real quick. No, I'm going to make a deal with you. Can we go back to Al Pacino? I don't give a shit if we go back to Al Pacino. We can go back to Al Pacino. Sweet. Great. Jesus talk. Christ. Um, yeah. So the difference is James Gunn is not in jail. Well, he's in career jail. It's not jail, man. Right. But he's been publicly shamed. Sure. He's been publicly executed. Sure. Social media wise. I think it's likely that studios will hire him again. But, Absolutely. I think, but, yeah, his career is going to be fine. I th- will it? Yeah, I think so. You just said, I don't know. Studios will hire him. I think they He's will. Hireable. But I'm not in Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Again, fair I enough. think <laughs> this is like. Fair, 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 fair. fair. Here's what I, I don't know anything about Hollywood, but here's what I read about Hollywood and what I think about Hollywood. For all of everything, Hollywood is still run by dudes. Specifically, old right, old white dudes. There's a in, lot of things though, in that their are mind run by yeah. old white dudes. But in <laughs> but in their mind, jails. You guys are gonna laugh, but in their mind, they just think, J- you know what, Jim? Can I call you Jim? We're just gonna let this <laughs> blow over. Can I, call, can I don't. I call there's you Jim? a there's a hot climate out there. It's kind of hot right now. We're gonna let it cool off. You'll come right back in. Like, they don't understand that there potentially is a sea change. They think if they just, for six months, if he just cools his jets, they'll be fine. I, I'm, there are studio execs in Hollywood who just think, you know what, Jim? Cool your, cool your jets, six months, everything will be fine. Somebody, they'll be on to the next thing. This is just a passing phase. They're on to the next crisis. Mm. And then, no problem. People won't remember. They'll miss you. That's what are I you, think. Are you sliding into Al Pacino? I know. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> is this your Al Pacino segue? I was gonna do like old rich white dude, but I'm not that guy, so I don't know. I'm a. As this, you're talking, I'm like I'm picking up hints of Pacino. No, here. I know. I wasn't deep enough for Pacino's down here. Here we go. Here if you're doing go. Pacino, we made it. We're first back. of all, Pacino's down here. He wasn't. Younger Pacino was up. Yeah, absolutely. If you watch Serpico. If you watch Dog yeah. Day Afternoon, if you watch Godfather 1, Pacino, the voice is kind of up here. <laughs> you and me are going to take a walk without the cuffs. Make a move on me, I'll shoot you in the fucking back. That's Serpico. He's way yeah. up here. Scent of a woman, all of a sudden he's, oh, he's way down here. <laughs> Hua. That, that's like 20, that's less than 20 years. He went from up there to down here. <laughs> now he has this weird, like, Southern accent? He's from Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> where, like, he sounds like Colonel Sanders now. It's just weird. It's bizarre. There's so many layers to Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> and you know them all. 
<laughs> like every single I've seen one of them. Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, Godfather One, Godfather Two, <laughs> many times. Scarface. I mean, I'm, there's very few things Al's done that I haven't seen, movie wise. I mean, there's some I skip because it's just like, ugh. but I mean, I've seen the greatest hits, most certainly. I mean, I saw Any Given Sunday, the football movie you made with Jamie Foxx, Oliver Stone. Uh, you know, he gives the impassioned speech at the end. I mean, I love Al. I, I'm a fan of Pacino. I, I, like most m- most people I know who are of similar mindset to me. I love Al. He's one of my favorite actors. He had a great had has a great career. I we all should be lucky in a movie business to do Godfather One, Godfather Two, Dog Day, and Serpico in a three year period. Fair enough. And the fact he didn't win an Oscar for any of those is absurd. That he had to get to Scent of a Woman before. It's just foolhardy. Is Pacino doing anything these days? Uh, he does a lot of theater now. He's gone back to do... Theater? Yeah. Mm. He does Shakespeare. You ever see him do... Find the movie Looking for Richard. It's about him doing Richard III. Looking for Richard. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just... Get, I'm trying to get back to Pacino doing theater. Well, he was a stage... That's, Today. That's just, what he was pre-Godfather was Richard. a stage actor. Where you he, at? <laughs> he was a stage actor. All those guys were stage actors. De Niro, Marlon Brando. Alec Baldwin. That's yeah. how all of them start. They all, first of all, as we talked about in our Godfather recasting last time, mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be Brando of a certain age. Everybody wanted to be Marlon Brando. He's probably the greatest American actor of all time. And he probably spanned more imitators, isn't the word I'd use, but he created this thing where people wanted to follow him. So Pacino, De Niro, Alec Baldwin, uh, Bradley Cooper is an actor, studio Mm, actor. All those guys wanted to be Brando. Now, Cooper probably wanted to be De Niro and Pacino, but De Niro and Pacino wanted to be Brando. So all of them started on the stage. Brando was a stage actor before he did movies because movies weren't legitimate. Movies were, if television was like, the dregs, movies weren't too far from it. The stage is where real actors were. In a certain period, the movies didn't become the movies by the by until Brando did them on the water, specifically on the waterfront, and uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Right, and Streetcar was a play. That's Tennessee Williams. True story. Pacino wanted to be Brando on some level. Brando clearly inspired him to get the training and do the thing. The same with De Niro. So all those guys were on the same track. De Niro, uh, Pacino was a stage actor. That's where Coppola found him. He was a New York mm. stage actor. Ed O'Neill did theater. You know what I mean? Al Bundy was a theater actor. That's where he got found for Married with Children. In the theater. Off, off Broadway. In like New Jersey. <laughs> Not even in no. the state of New York. No, that's how off Broadway they, was. They, they were on their third casting run for like Al Bundy. Mega off Broadway, yep. and he was in a drama. He was in um, Mice and Men, okay. and they decided he should be Al Bundy. They had Katie Segal cast, but they couldn't find Al Bundy. They didn't like any of the guys who were reading for Al Bundy. They all read it like Jackie Gleason from The Honeymooners. Big. 
way over the top. And Ed O'Neill came in and did Al Bundy. Resigned. Al, we lost power. What's for dinner? That's funnier. Because <laughs> you haven't seen that before. Gleason would have come in, what do you mean, ma? Uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> I saw an interview with Ed O'Neill. He based it on his uncle, who was a judge. And he was resigned. His, he would come home and his wife would be like, I ran the cat over. And he'd be like, what's for dinner? He was just resigned to his lot in life. And that's funnier. But all these guys are yep. all sta- Everybody's a stage actor. Except like, you know, Zac Efron, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he was cl- Zac Efron was just grown in a lab. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> does it, does anybody out. see Zac Efron in Richard III? <laughs> Or his performance of Troilus and Cressida? Like, that's not happening. He's going to do what? Streetcar? He's going to do Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? can't go for Zach like that. He might. I just like that your exception to the rule is Zach, <laughs> Zach Efron. Efron like a... Zach Efron got started as a star. He was a Disney star. He did High School Musical, right? He sure right? did. Yes, he, he sure did. did. Okay. But he... I'm not saying one is better than the other. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is the same way. And Ryan Gosling is a darn good actor. I'm not saying Zach Efron's not, by the way. But Gosling got started the same way, too. Gosling was on the Mickey Mouse Club. With Christina Aguilar and Britney Spears. Yes. And Justin Timberlake. Timberlake? Yes. The Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. I think that's the era of Mickey Mouse Club now when people think about Disney growing stars in a lab. That's I think a, they use those four people. Yeah. How did Gosling escape? That's the story. Did he, like, like actually escape, like, from captivity? Well. <laughs> <laughs> what were they doing down there? Well. <laughs> Just... Look at Ryan Gosling's career and then look at everybody else. I mean, I guess you could say Timberlake escaped his programming. Legit. But I mean, Gosling wasn't, you know, I mean, look what Gosling's done. That's an impressive run. He's a darn good actor. He really is. Unassuming that Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I did like him in Crazy Stupid Love Mm -hmm. with Steve Carell. Yes. I love that movie. Emma. Mm. And Emma Stone. Emma Stone. He's great. uh, Who was the mom? Who played the mom? Julianne Moore, maybe? Yes. Yes. I enjoyed that. I like that movie. Yeah. I, I like wasn't Steve expecting Carell. that little twist where no. it turns out they were all. Yeah. I like Steve Carell. In this. <laughs> it was just. Everybody knew everybody. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be way. at that party. That's a great way to describe it. Everybody knew everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to describe, like, describe crazy stupid love. No, yeah, that and, works. Ke- and Kevin Bacon was in that movie too. He was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. He was, uh, what was that? Oh, what was the guy's name? He was the boss that Julianne Moore was in yeah. love with. Yeah. I can't think of his name now. He was great. Kevin Bacon's awesome. I do like Kevin Bacon. And yeah. You fun. know my favorite Kevin Bacon story Apollo 13. Okay. <laughs> I don't know this story. Tom Hanks tells it. They were in. Doing Apollo 13 with Ron Howard. It's Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, and Tom Hanks. Something broke. Something wasn't working. Paxton and Hanks are off to one side. Ron Howard's working. Kevin Bacon comes up to him and says, Ron, you know what this scene could use? And Ron Howard very earnestly turns to Kevin Bacon and says, No, Kevin, what does it need? And I want to make sure I get the letter combination right. It needs a B-F-C-U-K-B. Hanks and Paxton overhear it and go, what the fuck is he talking about? And Ron goes, Kevin, I, I, what is that? And, and Kevin Bacon, without missing a beat, says, big fucking close-up of Kevin Bacon. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Alright, sounds about right. The way Hanks tells it, like, Bill Paxton, like, lunches out of his chair and he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> was he serious? I don't know. I hope he was. I don't know. In my life, I would like to use that as a thing. Like, oh, no. we, Christina, you know what we need? Big fucking close-up of Jeff Garoni. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's for no... She's just like, hell yeah, we do. <laughs> She'd be like, what are you talking about? Should try that on Deirdre. <laughs> PFCUGG. <laughs> what? Big fucking close up. <laughs> and then when Damn. when you see Hanks tell the story, he like he says it to himself twice and just cracks up laughing. He's like, "Big fucking close up." I can't make it. Like he just thinks <laughs> it's, it's the funniest thing. I guess Bill Paxton was like really mad. He's like, mm. "Fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> and Ron Howard was just kind of like, "Kevin, what?" Because, you know, Ron Howard's just the nicest guy on the planet. He's like, Kevin, come on. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Big fucking close-up of Kevin Bacon. I just fucking mm-hmm. love that story. But yeah, he was in that movie, too, with Ryan Gosling. He was. And Gosling slaps Steve Carell a lot in that movie, as I remember. He does. <laughs> Wears a lot of sharp A lot suits. of sharp clothes. Yeah. Ooh. That was, like, the first time I feel like... <clears throat> I looked at Steven Carell in a different, with different eyes. Uh, that he's actually yeah. like an actor and not like a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Like, a buffoon, right. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, he can do a little bit more here. Did you see the trailer for Vice yet? No. The Adam McKay, Dick Cheney movie where Christian Bale plays Dick Cheney. Sam Rockwell plays George oh. W. Bush. And Steve Carell plays Donald Rumsfeld. the trailer is fantastic (laughs) the trailer is just fantastic because it's bale in makeup either he gained weight or it's makeup because he looks like dick cheney it's i saw the trailer i was like i now want to see this movie i'm sure he's in a in some makeup but amy adams is in it too she plays dick cheney his body weight has gone up and down can do a lot of different things yeah. yeah, his his yeah, it definitely did. It, see, it does for a lot of. Did you watch the fighter? Yes, I love that movie. He's great in that movie. He is excellent in the fighter. You see the fighter? I've not seen that. You should check out the fighter. Mickey Ward, the local boxing legend, is too strong a word. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Legend? <laughs> I don't know if legend is. I mean, he's big around the right here. word. He had a, a series of fights with this guy Arturo Gotti that were. To a non-boxing person, you'd be like, why are you watching this? But to boxing people, it was the closest thing I've ever seen to Rocky in real life. Did you ever see the, the Rocky movies? I've seen the first one. Okay. You, like, Rocky OG is Rocky. brutal. Like, it's like no boxing match is like that. No two people just stand there and punch just each other. It's very, rounds. very intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ward Gotti was like that. The first one, anyway. And it was kind of an underground thing because it was on HBO and it was in a period where there were a lot of big fights on pay-per-view that were taking so like people were focusing on the big fight but all of a sudden people were like did you see this fight between these two guys one of them's from Lowell and when you watch it the two of them just stand there and punch each other for 10 rounds and it's 2002 so you're not as CTE sensitive as you are now, but you're still sitting there going, yeah. these guys are doing long-term damage to themselves. Like, these guys are not going to make it to 80. Mm. And the fighter is about Mickey Ward's 
life. His brother is Christian Bale uh, yeah. in the movie. Mickey Ward in that movie is played by Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. It's a good movie. Amy Adams is in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good flick. David O. Russell. It was before Silver Linings Playbook. But you watched Christian Bale in that movie, and his... his uh, the reason I mentioned it is because of his uh, well, yeah, he lost some weight, massive weight loss for that for that movie. Well, because the, Bales. it is just unhealthy. The brother is a drug mm. addict. He's a drug addict, yeah. Mm. Dicky, yeah. but you know that's kind of like a person that I know you guys love, Matthew McConaughey. Did he not do <laughs> yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. similar for Dallas Buyers Club? He did. Yeah, he did. He lost weight. Matt yeah. Damon for um, Courage Under Fire with De- the Denzel uh, Tank movie. Tank movie isn't the right word. It's the military movie, but right. Damon the movie didn't that. tank. I was like, did it not do well? <laughs> that's a that's an actor move, you know. Drop weight. Bale's done it a bunch of times. He did it before Batman. He was in some movie before Batman that he lost a lot of weight, and then he put it back on. Real he put quick. it back on for Batman. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Bale's a great actor. Was he in The Prestige? Yes. Yeah. I love that I movie. I did too. Underrated Such Christian Such a good movie. That oh. was a real good one. Oh. That was him and... Uh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yes. And, and Michael uh, Caine, also great yeah. friend of the show. Michael Caine. That was... There's five paces to the magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the whole thing, but when he goes through the whole thing... And then, The Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I do it? With a ruby the size of, of a tangerine. tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to bury no more Batmans. I love Michael Caine. Great friend of the show, Michael Caine. I read Great the first page of the, of the script. I read the last page. And if I like the two pages, I'd do the bloody picture. If Matt was here, he'd give you the whole. He'd give you the history of No, he of would just Michael give you Caine. all of those beautiful Michael Caine, you know. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, yeah. Because he's seen the movie with uh, Steve Coogan and his British buddy driving around the countryside doing random impressions to each other. <laughs> I think it's called The Trip or something like that. The Vacation, The Trip. That's a good movie. Is that when they go through the... Uh, similar to Al Pacino, they go through the vocal history of Michael Caine? Yes. From early Caine to... And Sean Connery. To Batman. And, and Sean Connery, and uh, they yeah they do a bunch of Mick Jagger like they do a bunch of yeah. Their Michael Caine is excellent. Agreed. Coogan and that guy, their Michael Caine is excellent. But if you'd really just kind of stutter, blubber, and do a British accent, I don't, I don't want to do this, Master Wayne. <laughs> or what's the the line from Batman? Goes, oh, I don't want to do this. Why, why, why bats, Master Wayne? <laughs> Good question. Why bats? I still the ruby the size of the tangerine is the, the from Dark Knight is the best. Well, that that's your in, right? That's yeah. That's, that's what you, when you're doing Michael Caine. Yeah. That's what you think of. Yeah, we've we talked about this because I did the Lorne Michaels impression at the beginning of episode three. <laughs> three two. That made me laugh pretty intensely. I was listening to it. The Lorne impression. Yeah, I was listening. To, <laughs> I was listening to it in my apartment on like one of my speakers and so it was just like blasting <laughs> in the entire depart- apartment oh, and I was just laughing was just like I'm Lorne Michaels yep. and I and yep. it just like went on and on and it was yep. just getting funnier and funnier as you yep. went and I was like oh. so Sean and I talked about it of like <laughs> one of the things that I was afraid of is that you can kind of slip you can slip into and out of it so you have to find 
You have, um, you have to anchor yourself. You have to find a word. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Pollack, the comedian who does the Christopher Walken, impre- the probably the best known Christopher Walken impression. He does this thing called one word impressions that if you can find like the one word or the one phrase that can snap you into it, like his word for Liam Neeson is bananas. <laughs> Except it's not bananas. Liam Neeson would say it bananas. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're so right. if you do bananas, you'll find your way to Liam Neeson. You know, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> so you try to, to try to find the, the word into Lorne is, is here's the thing. Because that's the Lorne Michaels phrase. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sean, here's the thing. You know, I was sitting with Paul (laughs) McCartney, and we were saying, is it the right laugh? I don't know. You have to round your O's for Lorne. (laughs) Occasionally talk slow. Also, if you've ever seen Austin Powers... It's Mike Myers doing Dr. Dr. Evil. Evil. Yeah, that's a pretty... Because Dr. Mm-hmm. Evil is, is Lorne Michaels. Right. Don't tell him that. <laughs> he does not like it. <laughs> he knows. He like, does yeah, not like, like he it. He probably knows. He does. He does not like it. <laughs> Will Forte was doing one of his movies and somebody said... And Lorne was there and they said, oh, it's Dr. Evil. And Forte was like, turn your microphone off. So the guy turns him He's like, don't fucking say Lauren is Dr. Evil. He will fire you from this movie. He knows. He doesn't like it. Everybody tells him, shut the fuck up and don't do it. Like, no. So he knows it's not a thing he likes, but he knows. Lauren Michaels, no sense of humor. Well, he does. Just, is it the right laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about, with any impression, it's all about finding your end to it. Yeah. Again, Sean Connery in Hunt for October, comrades, because you need the Russian <laughs> word, but it needs to be said with a Scottish accent, because clearly a Russian submarine captain would have a Scottish accent. <laughs> clearly. Obviously. Clearly. Yeah. Comrades. Obviously. Comrades. And it slurs the ashes at the end, because it's been a long life for Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Remember, he, I mean, he was James Bond. He's James Bond. Mm. I mean, he's he's everybody's James Bond. So... You know, money penny. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> then turns into comrade. Money penny. <laughs> he was Indiana Jones' dad, and he was an Irish beat cop in The Untouchables. Again, he's done a lot. He's the been, Scotsman he's been would around. have the uh, Irish accent. Been around town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been. Yeah, Sir Sean's had a long, a long and fruitful life. But it's about one. It's about finding an end to an impression. Yep. So yeah, Michael Caine for me is a ruby, the size of a tangerine, which is the line from Dark Knight. But yeah, for Kevin Pollock, Liam Neeson's in as Bananards. <laughs> Bananards. Jason Statham is taking, do you know what I mean? And say, instead of saying it separately words, it's taking, do you know what I mean? Slamming it together to, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's your one word into Statham. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, it kind of sounds like David Beckham a little bit too. Yeah. Uh. Like well, I can, I can yeah. yeah. A, a lot of British slang is they sh- is you know shortened. I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially, and I don't know where Statham's from, but like, that's a big like Manchester, England phrase. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like the the Manchester. <laughs> seriously, listen to Noel Gallagher sometime from Oasis. He's from Manchester. Everything is do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? We were making this record. We were in the South France. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I said it was shite, but it was out there, you know, for a million records. You know what I mean? 
Like every other word was not mean. So that's your statham. Do you know what I mean? To not mean. Sean. You're totally right, though. Sean, I've been meaning to ask you. Do you enjoy scary movies? Not to make this huge segue, but I just, I, I know Jeff, uh, Jeffrey's point of view on it. Yeah, for different reasons than I would like any other movie, I think. I don't expect a great plot out of a scary movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't necessarily expect great dialogue or great acting out of a scary movie. Um, but yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy them. Uh, I don't know if it's just the macabre of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. I am a huge zombie fan. No, you do like The Walking Dead. I, I'm a big proponent of The Walking Dead, which starts tomorrow, season nine. I'm very excited for that. Mm. Um, also, it helps that that's based on a comic book. So, yeah, that also helps. But zombies. Yeah, I watched True Blood for a while. Oh, did was, you really? But that wasn't I not so much horror as it was like crap. It was it had a it's like horror fantasy yeah with soap opera yeah and it had some soap campy horror, oh yeah. it had boy, some campy vibes campy. to it a little bit but i think oh, that's I, I don't know i think that's kind of the one of the staples of horror movies is just sort of campy yeah yeah there's a line i think there's a line you have to walk with a horror movie where yeah. it's like it it can turn into silly real fast you have to temper your expectations like they're Here, gonna make more movies here's with the, or without jamie yeah. lee curtis Here's the thing about uh, But I movies. hope Jamie Lee Curtis is yeah, in yeah. them because oh, she, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's great. She's great. Horror she is legitimately are, great. Yeah. yeah she's in, just great all around. Movies. But oh yeah. man. Yeah. She They're cheap to make. They are cheap to make. And they make money. You wouldn't think they they'd be cheap to back. make with the amount of special effects that they need. There's an audience for them. People want them. And by and large. I think part of the appeal for uh, the horror genre for me is that it's super tactile where if you have like a Marvel movie, a lot of it's computer generated. Yeah. A lot of what you're seeing isn't real. You know, they're acting in front of a green screen. Horror movies are sort of, sort of take you back to when movies were physically touchable. The effects in horror movies are sometimes practical effects, you know, blood bags, you know, hidden in yeah. an actor's clothing. They do it on The Walking Dead. They make prosthetics for The Walking Dead characters. They make uh, fake intestines for The Walking Dead characters. Like, that's not computer animated stuff. So I think that's part of and the I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on the mm-hmm. tactile, but yet, and this is, I don't want to put it in the horror genre, but when I saw the first Jurassic Park with a very full audience, when that T-Rex breaks through the fence... That audience jumped like mm-hmm. that got a legit reaction mm-hmm. and nobody thought that T-Rex was re- I mean, you know, that T-Rex is either a, a yeah, suit you know it's or not. it's a computer generated image. Mm-hmm. But that you, we all know the scene I'm talking about on the yeah. road with the kids, with, gold the cup, with the flare, with the water, the cup, in it. how Spielberg the builds the cup and all yeah. that. That reaction <clears throat> in that theater was just people were like, ah, like it was a palpable. Oh, yeah. I think even if the effect is animatronic, it's still. It's about the mood. They create a, a, a certain environment. Like Jaws, right? Like the yeah. first Jaws movie. That's all about mood. Yeah. I love scary there's movies. there's no shark. There's a lot of buildup, yeah. Well, because yeah. there's no shark. Because they couldn't get the shark. Because they couldn't work. do it. Yeah. But that's, I love scary movies that create, that you have to use your imagination. They just play on your fears. Like I watched this. Um, Hitchcock did that a lot. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I watched this film, a Netflix original actually, The Ritual. And it was about these four guys 
who they had a friendship group. There was a tragedy. One of their friends passed away. And so they went on this hiking trip as, you know, a memorial for their friend. And one of the friends injures his leg and they're like, hey, let's take this shortcut through the woods. And we all know that's a terrible, that's a terrible idea. idea. Do not go in those woods. You stay on your path. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you know, on... you never check out the yeah. noise in the shed. Take friends. <laughs> like that Geico take... commercial? Why can't we get into this moving car? <laughs> it's like, just take turns carrying <laughs> that injured friend on your back and like, just keep going on that path. Do not go in those woods. And that's exactly what they did. Of course, yeah. But the entire movie... Everything was, it just kind of played on your fears and your, just your imagination going wild. There was really, it had some, there was a monster, there was a mythical creature towards the end, but the whole buildup of the movie was just these shots where you didn't quite see anything. You would just hear things or you would just see their reaction to things, but not the actual thing happening. Yeah. And you're just like, this is the creepiest, scariest thing ever. I can't imagine. And I, I love yeah. movies that make you feel, mm-hmm. just make you feel. Again, it goes back All the to feels. the, All the feels. it goes back to Jaws, <laughs> Jurassic Park. You know, they, there's a lot of buildup to like this imminent threat that yeah. you know is there. It's just sort of lurking. Yeah. And then when the T-Rex appears, you're like, holy fuck, there's a T-Rex or like there's a shark. And just the whole thing with that T-Rex, that whole time, they're telling you about the power behind the fence yeah. and mm-hmm. what the fences are holding in. So when the fences go down, you're like, you're like oh, oh, shit. Fuck. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a master class. Jurassic Park? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's... You have a little Goldblum? Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, just Goldblum's a genius. Okay, but on this, for all of our listeners at home, Sean is wearing this, t- <laughs> this Jurassic like Park. Like a cartoony Jurassic Park cartoony t-shirt. Cartoony t-shirt, and Jeff Goldblum is just chilling, <laughs> and it looks like... Yeah. Almost like his shirt. Oh, he's wearing a tuxedo. No, no, no. no. His shirt off. This is okay. No, no, he has no, no. shirt. Is, okay, those are his classic, nipples. Those are cartoon nipples. Okay, this is classic. I couldn't tell if it was his nipples no, or if no, he was wearing no, this like is a the classic pose from Jurassic tuxedo. Park after he gets he's injured after he gets injured in the T Rex romp. <laughs> yes, he's on that table in the shed and he's like he's, yeah. like, he's, he's cheesing like, so yeah, hard. Like, I'm Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, here I am, shirtless Jeff Goldblum. I dig it. Because you know, if, there is a because if you have Jeff Goldblum, you might as well take your shirt off. <laughs> uh, uh, I only do films with uh, the uh, shirt off. Yes, yes, yes it's, quite... <laughs> it's just like written into his contract. I didn't intend to w- talk about Jurassic point. Park today, but I, I love this, it. This is working out, dude. That's yeah. one of my favorite. That's, uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Like everyone's God, really on. Your T-shirt. Everyone's just enjoying themselves. Like yeah. there is a T-Rex is actively chasing yeah, yeah. some people, and they're just like, "Yay! Yeah, yeah. This like, is cool." Like, this dude's, this dude's smiling. These yeah, people are like running from the T-Rex, but they're clearly happy. But they're having a good time running from the T-Rex, and which is the opposite of Jurassic. Park. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> looks like he's just waiting for a glass of champagne That's from it. you know. That's it. Like the, I feel like there's a chandelier yes. around him, and there's always just... a chandelier around Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> He's just classing that up. The Jeff Goldblum yeah. impression is really Duco- is really Duchovny from Saturday Night Live when they did Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> he did Jeff Goldblum, and that's that was his Jeff. Go- yes, yes, yes. Quite, yes, right, quite, quite right, right, quite right. Yes, the yes, number yes. two. Yeah, or the letter two. The, the, letter the category two. was um, uh, was the the final Jeopardy question was write a uh, write a letter. 
So they get to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, they really dumb it down. Will Ferrell was back and he goes, okay, Jeff Goldblum has written the number two. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, that is the uh, letter two, my friend. The letter two. Two is not a letter. (laughs) The letter two. So that's the, it's a very bad I, Jeff Goldblum. But he, he, I don't know if it is though, because he sort of embraces that, right? Change your apartment. Change the world. Change your apartment. Uh, change, change the world. Yes. I fucking love Jeff Goldblum. He was on Portlandia. What a fucking clown. <laughs> Did you ever watch Portlandia? I, here and there. He was in, he ran the artisanal knot shop. It was literally just rope tied in knots. <laughs> <laughs> this, look at this. Look at this hair. It's a sailing rope. It's yes. the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Artisanal knot shop. You watch Portlandia? No, but it sounds like the whitest show I've ever heard. Bouge sketch comedy at its finest. Was, was that on... Uh, IFC? IFC, yeah. I loved it. They did one called the Allergy Day Parade. They did a parade to celebrate allergies. <laughs> So there's a float that is a Thai restaurant. Not what we do every day. There is a float that's a Thai restaurant, and Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein are doing the commentary. And Fred Armisen goes, oh, look, there's the Thai restaurant celebrating peanut allergies. And Carrie Brownstein, without missing a beat, still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. She goes, Thai restaurant, that is essentially a death trap if you have a peanut allergy. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end, she herself has an allergy attack. I would, yeah, I would hope so. From uh, gotta wrap it up. From uh, can't there's some chemical there's something in the candy they throw candy out, and she's like, oh, I hope this doesn't have bubble, but I'm allergic to it. Nah, because you know, in all those candy wrappers, they always say process in the facility yes. that processes yes. tree nuts and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's allergic to fructose. He's like, are you sure you should be eating that if you're allergic to fructose? Which is essentially just sugar from fruits. Can somebody call yeah. her sister? She's waiting for her in the car. I love, I love Portlandia. Portlandia is great. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, we all know put a bird on it, right? That's Portlandia. I actually don't know that. Mm-mm. Oh, the the joke that for if to be crafty, just put a bird on it. Like if you ever go to a like Michael's. Yeah. How much crap in there has birds on it? Think about this. Oh, the next like eighty-seven percent of the crap in there has a bird on it. That's put true. a bird There's on a it. A lot of birds. There's a lot of birds. <laughs> a lot of fake flowers. A lot of um. Yep. What are those like glue, hot glue guns? Hot glue hot guns. Where they put the, the raindrops, yes. <laughs> the water drops on the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to be dazzling? I can't. Uh, yeah. My wife loves Michael's. Oh, I can't stand yeah. it. No. Whenever we go there, that there are two rules that I have whenever there are two places that I can't stand shopping in that my wife will spend three hours in. Michael's is one of them. TJ Maxx is the <gasps> other. I so am, you're a doc. I'm a, I'm a Everybody. Max. You yeah. Yeah. If you're here, I like, you're I like candles. Like I get it, but like I have two rules. One, I have to be well fed before we go. Hundred percent. Because we're gonna be there for hours. Especially mm. at Michael's, because you have to bring up every single stupid thing one at a time. Yeah, yeah. So the second rule is that I have a cup of coffee in hand. All good well rules. Well fed, cup of coffee in hand. I can withstand a couple hours meandering through the aisles. I typically enjoy TJ Maxx more than Michael's because uh there's just more interesting shit in TV. Yeah. Plus there's couches. Yeah. Yes. And you know, uh, we were in there a couple weeks ago or maybe it was last weekend. 
hard to tell. It all blurs together. Mm, it does. But we were walking around. And <laughs> Time and space just there was this disappear dude, in TJ Maxx. There was Maxx. this dude with his, like, he had, like, reading glasses on and he was scrolling on his phone in one of the chairs in TJ Maxx. <laughs> and you know, you know exactly what the guy's doing. And yeah, he's wa- waiting for his wife. And my wife goes, you must be here with the wife. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, how'd you tell? And then he looks at me and he's like, there's another seat over here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like, this is, like, the weirdest fraternity ever. <laughs> like, just the the sad sorry, and they have those massage chairs at the Woburn Mall. Yeah, they do. Strategically positioned right outside the TJ Maxx because they know dudes are going to be there for a while. I've waited for my parents in those chairs often. It's like one of those stories at where TJ Maxx. I found like an eight one one item. I found one item for like eight bucks, and I was pretty stoked about it. Uh, <laughs> my wife walks out of there with like eight dozen items. Yeah, yeah, and she's. She's all about every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, TJ Maxx, you can just, there's so many things to discover at TJ Maxx, especially the, for me, it's the candles. I'm not going to lie. I go there to get affordable candles. Not close. Um, Most women I know are there for the clothes. Candles. I've only ever bought one article of clothing there and it was a pair of sweatpants. So, you know, it wasn't really like... Going out clothes for me, but I got yeah. these headphones at TJ Maxx. Oh, yeah, because when you see beats for under a hundred bucks, you buy yeah. them and you don't really care what color they are. That's the thing, sometimes they will have some brands that you're like, Hey, I would usually pay full price for yes. that, but now I can pay yeah. TJ Maxx price, TJ and that's Maxx, much better. It's the devil's bargain with TJ Maxx. You're like, All right, I don't want to go in there, but if I do, I might hit the girl, I might hit the jackpot. They today. know how to get mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have. Really bomb shoes where you're like for women. They yes. don't have men's shoes at the woman. No, you gotta go yeah. to Marshall's for the men's shoes. Yeah. Marshall's mm. is where the shoes are at. Marshall's is TJ Maxx, but for dudes. <laughs> and they have a lot of themed things there. I thought like Sierra when, Trading Post was Mar- was TJ no, Maxx for dudes. That's TJ Maxx for outdoors. <laughs> gotcha. TJ Maxx for home goods is home goods. TJ Maxx for women is TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx for men is Marshall's. Mm. It's all the same company. It is all mm. the same company. Mm. I've been telling you for a while, Marshalls. It's TJ Maxx, but you know, not. <laughs> <laughs> but not at all. But, but yeah. kind of. Yeah, they don't have specifically yeah. the one in Stoneham at the Redstone Plaza. I've only been to, at least in Massachusetts, I've only been to the TJ Maxx in the city. Oh, the one on uh, the one where the Best Buy used to be. Yeah. On the, uh, next to Heinz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good TJ Maxx. It is. It's got knickknacks, a lot of knickknack patty wax in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give the doc a bone? Yeah. You can get that at TJ Maxx. The old man will go home rolling goods. home the with a lot of and TJ Maxx goods. Yeah, you can even get dog bones. No, stop it. At Home Goods. You can. Do you yeah. buy dog bones at Home Goods? Sometimes. It's going to be real interesting when they renovate that mall and those are the only things standing for like a year. TJ Maxx, DSW and Market DSW Basket. DSW Market Basket. <laughs> Love DSW. Two of the three most Massachusetts things on the planet. We TJ were, Maxx and Market Basket. We were super disappointed that they took out the Unos in that mall because it's Unos. Yeah, yeah. Because every once in a while, uh, we have a hankering for like a deep dish pizza. It's coming back in mm. 2020. It's like the hardest thing to find around <laughs> deep here. Deep dish pizza no, or deep Unos. dish pizza at they Unos? They put a sign oh. out at the, bro- at the Woburn. <laughs> like, deep what? dish, it's coming back. It's coming back in 2020. I was like, that is There's so specific. There's a sign specific. at the Unos in Woburn because <laughs> they're renovating, they're going to start eventually renovating the Woburn Mall and it says, we're going to be closed. See you in 2020. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so far. Yeah, right? That's so far. That's like, you know, <clears throat> that's like Netflix when they, I think that's my thing with binge watching shows. Yep. It's nice in the moment. You're like, oh, yep, it's all here. I can just sit on my couch or but my then you bed gotta all day. Wait longer. Then you gotta wait a year. And you know by the next <laughs> time that next season comes out, you're not gonna remember anything. It that feels just like happened. an eternity yeah. sometimes. You know, you 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 cram ten or twelve episodes into like three days. I think then... it's been two <laughs> at the most. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been two for Daredevil, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. Sometimes they take longer strategically yeah. than one year. And you think to yourself, how long has it been since I've last seen this show? I've been yeah. trying. I'm tr- been trying to. It's at least a year or two since Daredevil season two. The big one for my for my wife is uh, Man in the High Castle on oh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm seeing posters for that everywhere. She loves that show, and I've I've been sort of playing catch up. I'm like three episodes deep. That's in on the Amazon season Video. Two. Right? What are your thoughts? Episode uh, season three just came out yesterday. Uh, season two is better than season one, definitely. But yeah, I'm I'm interested i'm invested what's it about on the surface i would say it's alternate history so it envisions a world where uh, the nazis won the world nazis war and the japanese won world war ii oh. and then basically split up the united states into three zones there's the uh the western territories those are occupied by the japanese and then on the east coast you have sort of like the reich just takes over the east coast and then somewhere in the Rockies, you have the neutral zone. But uh, the overarching thing is that there are these films that exist which depict our reality. other realities, including our own reality. Mm. So these films start leaking out uh, and it sparks sort of like a resistance to the Reich. And uh, I have a, I haven't read the book. Uh, I'm only three episodes deep into season two. My guess is there are there's space travel. There's other worlds involved, alternate Earths, sort of the DC comics. <laughs> the multiverse theory. The multiverse theory. Yeah, that's sort but of. But that's a that's real sort of what I'm scientific theory, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is that there are multiple versions multiple of our universe, universe, just yeah. slightly different from each other. Yeah. yeah, and um. Which do you ever wonder what multiverse Jeff or Sean? or Alex is doing no do you want the honest answer sometimes yes I do too sometimes wow I don't and now I do I do too like I wonder am I rich and successful in one of these are Dr. Jones and I dead enemies in another one like I think about this a lot yeah yeah like I wonder sometimes when I make choices right (laughs) no she's right I I wonder sometimes when I make choices because that's kind of the idea with the the multiverse too is that it's you know a different series of choices you know you you're at a crossroads you take one path and then boop the next the other path that you didn't take splits off into a whole yep. other life and i wonder what those lives are like sometimes like oh if i had made that choice what would my life be like mm. Is there an Alex out there who's a terrible person? <laughs> Isn't there an Alex out there who's an amazing person? Well, you're an amazing person. Rich person. You are person. an amazing person right now, though. Thank you. Agreed. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You are. You both are. As how many? Well. How many flashpoints have we created without knowing it? You know what's even better about this? We still haven't answered Katie's question about what a universe is, <laughs> and this in no way helps us. Katie, good good friend of the show. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Katie Stockman. Great Katie friend. Stockman. 
But yeah, I, I do think about that sometimes. The multiverse? Me too. Yeah. Often. Yeah. A strange I, I think I think uh, me 10 years ago, sort of the hippy-dippy high schooler, Sean Beecham would probably indulge that conversation. Mm. But now I'm dead inside, so I don't <laughs> care. So, so I just don't care. My brain power is basically like 40% sports, 20% life, and then the rest is just open to whatever. I don't know if that's better or worse. Like I would wonder what multiverse my my multiverse self would do, but I'm too occupied with sports. <laughs> the sport matches. <laughs> the sport games. It does take up quite a bit of space. You know, I think along with the multiverse, I also think to myself just about the paranormal realm a lot what yeah don't you ever like think ghosts about ghosts shit? yeah no, ghosts, and ghosts and spirits and just that other world i mean i ain't afraid of no ghost but i don't <laughs> think a lot of time about that. i think about that a lot too because i i feel like i mean i think there are otherworldly beings i think there are ghosts and spirits you and really so, are a halloween person aren't you I am. I am. It's a vibe. It's fine. Yeah, it's a vibe for me. But I do believe that there are other things that we cannot see. Oh, I agree. I I believe in ghosts. Yeah. I mean, I believe in the sense that it is possible to me that they exist. Yes. I feel the same way about aliens. I haven't seen them, but I think in a galaxy that's billions of, you know, whatever larger... There might be something out there, sure. Yeah, there's a lot more going on Why in not? the universe than what we can see or know. I mean, the Hubble telescope proved the galaxy is like three billion times bigger than what we perceived it to mm. be. So why not? And all of that, there's nothing. Right. It's just one, not to insult your place of birth, but it's just the New Jersey Turnpike? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> please, please. Are you born on the New Jersey Turnpike? He's from New Jersey. I'm from Jersey. Mm. Mm. So there's three ways the jokes from Jersey can go. The Turnpike... Bon Jovi, or then dangerous territory for me because I'm a fan, is a Bruce is Bruce Springsteen. I don't make Bon Jovi jokes because I love Bon Jovi. I don't make Bruce Springsteen jokes because I think Bruce Springsteen is a god walking amongst us mere mortals. Oh, agreed. But I may have bias there. I did see him once in real life, and he had a really nice leather jacket on. Oh, like I believe a that really nice leather jacket. I was like. You have no choice. You can't say anything bad about Springsteen or they won't let you back into the state. I can't say anything bad about someone who can sell out an arena and decides to play Asbury Park in his spare time. Yes. The Stone Pony. The Stone Pony. Mm. It's just a, a hole in the wall club. Uh-huh. But, you know, for so, for that sort of uh, humility is just, I respect that. Mm. My mm. wife, uh, my wife, my mother worked with someone from New Jersey uh, the woman was stationed in New Jersey so she and my wife would talk on the, uh, my mother sorry would talk on the phone and uh, she lived in the town where Springsteen is from Freehold New mm-hmm. Jersey yeah and she goes to the same dentist as Springsteen this is how big the Springsteen thing is when he comes in for a dentist appointment if it's a morning appointment the office is the, the only person who gets in as him they block the whole morning off for him. And the thing is, though, the thing with Springsteen... They have to because yeah. people will figure it they'll out and they'll just him. come That's down. not Springsteen's demand either. No, yeah. he would, the life he's... He would probably rather he, no, just no one leave. Di- yeah. Like, just sit in the waiting room like everyone else. Yeah. His, his kids go... One of his kids went to BC. 
and I know I know a few people at BC, and he and Patty showed up for the tour, and they offered him like a solo like tour. Like a, a private tour, yeah. They would be the only ones on the tour, and he refused. He said, no, we're going to go on the tour like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes along with a long way with me, too. Yeah. That's a humble, humble dude, despite all of the fame and success and riches and glory and everything he's accumulated. Yeah, I got nothing bad to say about Springsteen. About Bruce? No. no. But again, they can't let you back. They won't let you back in the state if you did. I don't, yeah. Got to keep that shit to yourself, man. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been there, so I don't know if I'm itching to get back. So what you're saying is it's been a while? <laughs> I'm saying I'm born to run, baby. <laughs> hey, highway- I was born to run. Do you want to mess with a non-Springsteen person in a Springsteen way? I think I told you the story once. I was running late once, and my father said to me, where the heck have you been? And I turned to him without blinking an eye, and I said, the highway was jammed with broken heroes on the last chance power. <laughs> which is a line directly from Born to Run. Do you know John Stevens, the mm. teacher at Berkeley? Are you, no. uh, are you guys going teacher. into real life now? Uh, the reason I mention it is because he uses Springsteen. I took um, a songwriting class with him once, mm-hmm. and he uses Springsteen as an example. And I've told you this before. And it's one of my favorite. I love things. this guy. It's I want to meet this guy. Yeah, this guy like embodies John Lennon. Like he thinks he's John Lennon, mm. but he uses Springsteen in, in one of our examples because we had to write. One of our assignments was writing a chorus. Like he broke it down each week. Was like we're writing a bridge, we're writing a verse, we're writing a chorus. Blah 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 blah. We're writing a refrain. Um, so for the chorus assignment, we all wrote choruses. We brought them in, and he was the kind of guy who was like putting on a transparency. So we, we had to like make transparencies. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I've made transparencies. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you so mean. You mean like the, the plastic thing that you put on the, the This is a this is a thrill that most kids these days won't even like. I know, I know. Because it, it was quite the experience. The, marker. the yeah. marker, fuck. It's quite an experience to go through. I think everybody should do it at least once in their life. Yes. Have so we all wrote these we all wrote yeah. these choruses and uh lyrics with a basic chord progression, right? And every single person who turned in a chorus assignment had this very wordy chorus. And he he said in the years that he's been teaching this, he's still waiting for that one person to come in with born in the USA. Just direct into the point. Born in the US over and over, just pounding it into you. Mm -hmm. And he, he turns to, he turns to us and he's like, man, you people have sure have a lot to say, don't you? Because every every fucking chorus was like a whole expose, and he's like, "Dude, just boil it down." I want to hold the, your hand. Give me the fucking point. Yeah, just simplify it. Yeah, keep it simple. Just one of those things. I just you people have a lot to say. Isn't that don't the you? point of the I, the non music the non music one amongst us? Isn't that the point of the chorus? Is to is to that's the thesis statement. That's yeah. Yeah, save he, that. He's not save, born that in, save that shit for the verse. He's not born in the USA the on a side street anyway. from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. He's born in the USA. Yeah, yeah. Like half the people aren't going to remember your verse anyway. So just make the chorus memorable. But I remember the highway was jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power dress. <laughs> My dad was not thrilled with that answer. He was like, "Okay, that's a that's a pretty wordy song." But I don't know that born it, to run. Yeah, it doesn't really have like a a chorus per se. Baby, we were born to run. It's more of a refrain. I guess you're right. Which is fine. You can have a very wordy oh, verse refrain. Simple Springsteen, Dancing mm-hmm. in the Dark. That's your chorus. Yeah. Just dancing in the Dark, man. 
Listen, you know who's great for you're chorus- not going to convince me that Springsteen can't write. You a know song. who's great for choruses from your home state, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan Bon Jovi. Is your Hall love, of Famer. Is your love good Jonathan. medicine or bad medicine? It's bad medicine. Yeah, we love John Bon Jovi in New England because he's a fob. Bad medicine, but I need Father of the Bride. Oh, he's an fobb. He's a friend of Bill Belichick. Ooh. The coach of the New England Patriots. They have a, <laughs> they have a, dis- a like, quite an interesting friendship. You wouldn't think the two of them would be in the same place, but yeah, he, Belichick was at the Hall of Fame induction. He was at Bon Jovi's table. <laughs> they have a series of tables for people, and I looked out in the cre- and I was watching on TV because I watched the Hall of Fame induction, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, because I'm a nerd. And uh, and I also generally have nothing better to do. That's coming up, isn't it? They're going to announce the nominees pretty They'll soon. Be, yeah, soon because then the the ceremonies in the spring. And sure enough, there's Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft mm. in the crowd yep. at the Bon Jovi table. And I was like, well, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> Walked into that one. <laughs> sorry. If we've done, sorry, that, not sorry. I would just say if we've done nothing in these seven episodes, we have put Matthew McConaughey over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's no more over character and wanted by none than Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he's here in spirit. <laughs> yeah. Always. He's sitting at this fourth chair. Always. I'll spare you the impression. Again, White Boy Rick. I got to see I'm White Boy Rick. I want to see White Boy Rick. I do. It's a story about the the kid who is he's an FBI informant, right? He was a drug dealer turned FBI informant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The youngest of either. I think he's like the youngest drug dealer ever and the youngest FBI informant I've ever seen. I assume they got McConaughey with the title. I yeah. just, they handed him the script with the title in big letters and he was like, I'm in. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm going to jump into that it. script. I want to do White Boy Rick. Who's this guy? What's this guy about? What's his story? I want to jump in. I want to go in both feet. The McConaughey in is say the word time but with a southern draw Tom see Tom is a flat circle <laughs> if you've watched True Detectives I have not but I have heard oh, good things Doc, about you it would love True Detective season one yes. don't bother with season two pretend it doesn't exist just watch season one all right it's fantastic all right I'm down yep I've heard Plus really Woody really Harrelson's good things about it oh Woody Harrelson I really dynamite. like Woody Hill yep I like he's, Woody Harrelson 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 there's an E and an L <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Harrelson. Woody <laughs> Harrelson. I got it now. The rain in space. Oh, Jesus, yeah. We have Eliza Doolittle, Dr. Jones. This looks <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. Harrelson's great. They're both awesome in that. And it's spooky. It's weird. You'll love it. I love spooky. I love weird. And McConaughey. And the whole time you're Carving wondering. figures out of a beer can. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. Welcome to hour seven of the telephone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make your donations now. God, do we need donations? Yeah, and you can actually support the show by clicking the link in the description of this show, <laughs> of this episode. Sean's looking at major shoulder replacement in a year or two from lugging the gear up and down my steps. So please. It does help that your steps aren't uh, a full set of stairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does help. Yeah. It's but like kind of easy breezy when you think about it. It's not like a full three stories. It's easy breezy like, when you have oh. nothing in your hands. But when, you're, when you have two bags of groceries in your hands, it feels like climbing Everest. I feel that. And also, when we moved, it was brutal. The worst was Ikea. When we went to Ikea, 
Oh, sweet mother of God. We'll never do that again. Go to Ikea? No, sadly, that'll, <laughs> no, yeah. sadly, that'll continue. But like a, a four chest dresser in a flat box lugged up those steps in July. Mm. I'm 40. I'm too old for this shit. The real question, <laughs> though, is how is the assembly of all of this Ikea Well, as you noticed, stuff. the wife and I are still married, so we survived. You made it. There was a touch and go moment in there where I thought she was going to stab me in the heart with a flathead screwdriver. Yeah, so I think one of those building Allen, furniture Allen can either give you. bring you together or break you apart because it's intense. Usually one person walks out of the room. I did. <laughs> I, was, I was told to leave. So I was like, it was me. It was me, but I was told to leave, so I did. <laughs> I built a wardrobe for myself about maybe like a month and a half ago. And it was this... From Ikea? No, actually it was from Target. Ah, uh, Target. So I woke up on my birthday, had the day off from work, and I went to Target and decided I wanted to redecorate my room. And, As one does. You know, because that's a normal thing to do on your birthday, right? Go to sure. Target and say, hey, let's buy some new furniture. So I bought <laughs> this new... So I like to have my clothes out where I can see them. Yeah. I don't oh, like... Oh, you're like an open closet yeah, kind of person. Yeah, okay. I don't like to put my clothes in closets or dressers or things like that. I like it all kind of out in the open. So I have racks, like mm-hmm. wardrobe racks. Yep. And right before my birthday both of my wardrobe racks just broke pretty much around the same time. They just snapped. And so all of my clothes. Oh, can I tell you, I've been there. Well, we have two closets in our, in our master bedroom, right? Yeah. The bigger one belongs to my wife. The smaller one. As it probably should. Yeah, the smaller one is As made. any married person will tell you, that is invariably how it goes. That's not to say she hasn't put shit in my closet. Oh, of course. Like she needs her <laughs> closet and then a little bit of your closet as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the wooden rod that goes across my closet snapped one day. <laughs> it just it just broke. <laughs> yep. so, so I've been there where all of your clothes are just like in a jumbled mess. They just sort of, you don't think that they would fall in such a way yeah. that would make them difficult to sort of organize and regroup. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's anarchy. Yeah. I had like a metal <laughs> rod too and it still broke and it, it didn't like completely snap, but it just, it was just like, I can't, I can't. I cannot lift up the weight of your clothes any longer. Yeah. I've got to just take a break. It's too much. And so stop going to TJ Maxx. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I just, I just keep hanging things up. So I get this new wardrobe. I start putting it together. It's got one page of instructions. It's all pictures, no words. So I'm yeah. thinking to myself, this is gonna be easy. Here I got we go. this. So I start building it start working up a little bit of a sweat. I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a little sweaty. My head's glistening. There's some glistening going on. And I get about halfway through and I'm like, all right, time for the second layer of this wardrobe. And then realize that I put the entire thing together backwards. The entire thing. And I don't even know how I got that far. Like everything was backwards. Like nothing, nothing was what it was supposed to be. Like, not at all. I was like, what? I was like, how did I get so far? And then finally I was like, oh, this piece is supposed to go on that side, but I can't do that because I put the entire thing together backwards. You know what the worst part, I know you got this from Target, but 
uh, going back to the Ikea furniture, if you put something together wrong with mm-hmm. the Ikea furniture and you have to take it apart, it's never going to be the same It's not going to come again. back together. Yeah. Nope. Like you have ruined that that particle board. Mm, yeah. I am <laughs> grateful. fall a particle board? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am grateful that my target piece of furniture was more forgiving. Yes. And it allowed me to dissemble it and reassemble it. Yeah. Target's a little bit sturdier. Yeah. A little bit. But I feel like I appreciate the wardrobe hanging thing a lot more now that I it put a lot of my tears. Yeah, I think I think my wife would like a like an open wardrobe. It's nice. If in one day we have this the room and space for it, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. We've we've replaced a lot of our IKEA furniture with like uh old pieces that people have just sort of junked. Mm-hmm. And then we've we've refurbished them. Mm. How is that? I've you know I've I've been thinking about buying an old piece of furniture and refurbishing it. Don't buy it, man. Just literally pick it off the curb. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about your technique. People throw away some really nice shit. I'm taking this couch. Like I'm not actually <laughs> taking someone's couch, but it goes back to the end. I'm taking this couch. Yeah. Like, why would you throw this away? Like we have uh, t- both of our dressers. Uh, we got off the curb because someone decided to upgrade or get something new or maybe they were moving and they didn't want to take it with them, but they're in good shape. So we, uh, we end up sort of painting it and then, uh, putting like a, a layer of like antiquing wax mm. over it. Mm-hmm. It works out. We have, uh, we have almost all of our furniture at this point has been rehabbed, uh, dressers, desks, Etc. It's the way to go. It gives you that, that sort of like vintage vibe. Mm. More often than not, you get like solid wood and not particle board. Right. So you know it's it's worthwhile. It's gonna last. Plus, if you wanted to, sometimes we take shit in and then we sell it to other people for like sixty bucks. So, so we literally grab garbage off the street from someone and then turn it around for a hundred percent profit margin. This could be a show. <laughs> Garbage to gold. Yeah, call up TLC right now. <laughs> Do we have something <laughs> happening here, guys? <laughs> Home and Garden. One of them will take your show How about on. Garbage <laughs> to gold, TLC. <laughs> we take things off the corner, refurbish them, and, and make people pay. I mean, lots isn't that what American them. pickers do? They just Pretty literally much. take someone's garbage and then sell it for like three hundred bucks. Pretty much. The show. They actually got in touch with my father-in-law. Really, American Pickers, because he has a lot of shit, and it's like old old vintage shit he's like 70 some like 72 or something so he's a lot of old stuff like old signage they love old signs on that show mm. and a lot of he's a he was a, a mechanic so he has a lot of like vintage mechanic-y stuff mm-hmm. um they love that shit and he he hoards all of it so they actually contacted him for <laughs> to, to do a to show do an episode yeah did I, he is he, he declined gonna, no no oh. he declined but uh yeah. they love that shit I don't know that they really do old furniture though. So there's room on uh, garbage to gold on daytime TV for nobody steal that ideal. No, no, <laughs> don't worry. Nobody's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you at, Chiquelin? Hi, Nicole. Hey, hey Ron. <laughs> Nicole, Katie and Katie, no stealing ideas. Hmm. I wanted to, um, I wanted to address one thing from last episode. Sure. An email that came to us. Okay. 
a great friend of the show, Kristen from Seattle, wrote us. Kristen. Yes. She, I don't know if Dr. Jones has heard the last episode or not. Um, I did. Okay. I did my research. So there yes, was yes. there was the the period in that podcast where we were having technical difficulties and I thought I sounded like <laughs> yeah. I had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I totally to- identified with that yeah. moment too. I was like, yep, yeah. I have those moments where you're like... Have and you you're ever, like trying to play it cool. You're like, it's fine. I'm fine. Have you ever, because uh, you come from the music world, right? So mm. have you ever had uh, that sort of audio latency issue mm-hmm. in your in your monitor? Or oh, whatever? yes. And then it just starts it's, to play with your mind. Isn't it weird how your brain compensates like that? Yeah. Yeah. I started talking slower. And yeah. Started, yeah. Um, and we had, <laughs> we had talked about, you know, we were doing our usual thing. So great friend of the show, Kristen, brought to our attention that there are things you can do for a stroke. Uh, it's not like there are things you can do for it. I would say, obviously the two of us were just kidding around. Uh, we were just playing around as we usually do. I would say, and I do speak for Sean and I do speak for wanted by none that please, in the event of a real emergency, call nine one one. That is obviously the first thing you would do is to, is to call nine one one. And certainly with a stroke, the quicker you can do that, the more likely it is that that person can rebound and recover. So we, of course, want to make that known. Please call 911 in the event of a medical emergency. And uh, and Kristen had mentioned um, the specific drug that you can inject. And she called it TPA, and I had to look up what TPA was. I wrote it down because I'm not going to remember it. Good for you. Uh, It stands for Tissue Plasminogen Activator. It's basically, it dissolves blood clots. Okay. Uh. So I... in. My looking up what it was, I discovered that it can uh, effectively sort of treat. I use treat loosely because you should still go to the hospital if you have yeah, a stroke. Yeah. Um, about 80% of strokes, which is pretty wow. pretty wow. solid. But it, she's right. In the email, she says it has to be given within three to four hours. That's totally true. It has to be yeah. given from symptoms. Like yeah. as soon as you start slurring your speech yep. or whatever. Or they see the face thing. Yeah. yeah it's your three, arm. Yeah. Three to four mm-hmm. hours, you have to inject it into someone's arm and yeah. then you have to yeah. uh, call the hospital. So, we, yeah. you know, we want to say thank you to great friend of the show, Kristen, yes. for bringing that up. Thank and you, to Kristen. obviously say, you know, call 911, please, in the event of a medical emergency, any medical emergency, please call 911. Did we actually offend somebody? No, I just <laughs> I just feel like we need to make clear. Okay. Wanted by nuns position is call 911 in the event of a medical emergency. <laughs> Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, where do we pick it up from here? <laughs> no, like, uh, yeah. So, uh... well, hmm. I've actually had to call nine one one when I was a, a a child. Same. My mom was having a, I think it was an asthma attack, but it was, it okay. was a pretty serious one, and I actually had to. I, was, I don't even remember how old it was. It's really young. But they teach you, you know, call 911. So that's what I did. Yeah. Well, that was the right thing to do. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. It's the only, only time I've ever called 911. Yeah. I don't, I've never had to call 911, thank God. That's good. Yes. Yeah. You're not like the kid who called 911 to help get help with his math homework? No. Never occurred to me. When I was young, <laughs> it's never a thing that occurred to me. It's kind of an emergency, though. <laughs> Points. It's like the square root of eighty-four or something. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? 
I'm good, Doc. Got nothing at this moment. I will say this was very much fun. Yeah. And I was so glad that the doctor was able to join us today for this episode. Yeah. I Thanks hope, for coming. Yeah. Thank totally. you for having me. You want to hit him with social media? Sure. Let's let's assume people are actually subscribing to this and say you can find us online via Twitter. <laughs> if you made it to the end of our eight hour <laughs> telethon <laughs> or for Facebook. muscular dystrophy. <laughs> Did I just offend somebody? Uh, I don't know. We might we might have now. Do I have to do another apology next week? I, now we might have to talk about muscular dystrophy next week. <laughs> Man, I should just shut up. At wanted by none pod uh, or via the emails at wanted by none show at gmail.com. Send us your email and tell us if you're offended by Jeff's muscular dystrophy comment. I would also <laughs> like to hear from some Dune fans. If we have any, <laughs> if we I have hate any both of you so much. I don't, I don't think we're going to get any feedback. Nope. On if we Dune. have any Dune fans out there, don't count on it. We would love to hear why you love Dune and are you excited for Dune Two or Dune the reboot. Dune Remix, not sure what it's going to be called. Dr. Jones is being nice. I'm going to say if there are Dune fans out there, I want to hear what color the sky is in your world, what drugs you're taking, or what makes you, on what planet you think this is good stuff. Uh, Dr. Jones is friendly. I'm not. You guys are <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to offend somebody, I might as well jump in with both feet. Fair enough. Support the show by clicking the link in the episode description. Listen on all your uh, podcast avenues, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Please don't Spotify, explain Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, TuneIn, la 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 la. Spotify. Spotify, yes. I have just subscribed to Wanted by Now hey, Spotify. 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 Well, I just want to say thank you to Sean and Jeffrey for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoy this opportunity. I don't really know what doors this opens for you. But <laughs> you never know, though. Very few. The possibilities are endless. Oh, no, they end. <laughs> oh, no, there's an end, my friend. Go check out Crooked Horse. Go check out Crooked Horse. Yes. Do you guys know when your next show is? How far out do you book? November 4th, right? Yes. At Adwood's Tavern. I believe it's a 4 p.m. show. Sick. You can check us out on Facebook. You can check our album out on Bandcamp. And we're also on the Instas and the Twitters. You're on the Twitter machine? We're Twitter? on that Twitter machine. Twitter! Twitter! <laughs> <laughs> Crooked Horse. We bring the jams. <laughs> the folky jams. All, all of the jams. The it's gyps- like the funky jams, but it's the folky jams. The gypsy folky jams. Yeah. <laughs> the gypsy Word. folky jams. All right. Thanks, everybody. Wanted by none out. Bye.